Coming to you from the TLD studios in Temecula, California, it's the Whiskey Throttle Show, taking you deep inside the lives of the legends and leaders of our sport. This week's guest is brought to you by Yamaha, the leaders in the power sports industry. Motocross bikes, street bikes, adventure bikes, side-by-sides, quads, boats, generators. Yamaha sets the standard. Yamaha revs your heart. Method Race Wheels, the strongest, lightest, fastest wheels in off-road. Method dominates the off-road market with wheels for your truck, sprinter, Jeep, or UTV. Go to methodracewheels.com forward slash whiskey throttle for 20% off your order. Troy Lee Designs, built for the world's fastest racers. TLD blends elite level protection with industry leading style and performance. Moto, bike, helmet paint, casual wear, whatever your passion, Troy Lee Designs is waiting for you on the next level. Nihilo Concepts, enhance your riding experience with superior products like the Start Stop Conversion Kit, Fuel Pet Cocks, Frame Grip Tape, Lever Grip, Grip Donuts, Secondary On Switch, Billet Foot Pegs, Billet Throttle Housings, and so much more. The Hilo Concepts produces exceptional products, all of which are made right here in America. And by SKDA. SKDA is the ultimate destination for exceptional motocross graphics, customer service, and artistic excellence. Trust them to elevate your ride and showcase your individuality on the track making every ride an exceptional experience. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us here at the Whiskey Throttle Show. I'm your host, David Pingree. And today we've got a guest who uh, I've been talking to for a long time about coming on. I'm excited to have him here. Uh, one of the fastest men to not ever have a championship. you got to be on that list. We, yep. And I had kind of forgotten about you, how fast you were uh, when I start thinking about guys who never won titles, like the Wyndhams and guys like that, and man, you're you're up on this list. I didn't realize you were so high up on this as I looked through your results. Scott Burnworth, the burner, is here today. So uh, appreciate you Good being to be here. Man. Yeah, stoked to have you. Uh, so we get started with our Method Race Wheels front end chatter. Those of you who are familiar with the show uh, know this. They make the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels for your truck, van, sprinter, SUV, whatever you got. Um, go to methodracewheels.com forward slash whiskey throttle. You get a code for 20% off. Um, they're, they're doing it a little differently now. You got to go to that site and they send you the code, but 20% off whatever you're buying from there. Definitely a good deal from those guys and amazing wheels. Um, so Burner, I, I wanted to know this because um, you do a lot of vintage racing and stuff now, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second, but you're a Suzuki man. You always have yeah. you know, cool vintage Suzukis, but you rode for multiple factories along the way. What is it about Yellow Magic that, that like draws you in? I so did. Much? I rode for Yamaha and Suzuki. I just some for some reason I just kind of gravitate towards Suzuki. Maybe because I started out on minis, yeah. and that was like my first big thing. You know, I went to R and D Suzuki and stuff like that, and I had a really good relationship with Suzuki. Um, I don't know if you remember Tosh Koyama. He's I do like remember the Tosh, racing yeah. boss. He was like my grandfather. You know, it's like yeah. you know. I, I didn't win any championships, but the guy was always there for me. You know, yeah. the guy, I, he would send me a card every Christmas up until, oh, really? oh, you know, until he passed away pretty much. So, Oh, did like, he pass? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Jeez. A while back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah Tosh was the man. Yeah. Tosh and Hide. Those yep. were the two guys. Yep. Um, yeah, there's something about it, you know, cause like I was a Suzuki amateur kid for five or six years. So I kind of have this soft spot for him too, you know, and I, 
see them kind of struggling these last handful of years and I yeah, get set. I'm like, exactly. man, don't go away. Come exactly. on, figure it out. Come that's on, a, you know. That that's the same thing for me. And then, you know, that last supercross that rocks in one, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awesome, man. I was like so stoked. I was like in tears. It I was seems like, like finally. The only thing you like more than Suzuki are the Saints. You're yeah. also a big New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yeah. What's that about? Well, I was I was a Charger fan way back in the day, and I just, you know. Drew Brees, the whole thing, and then um, he went to the Saints, and it was just like, you know, I kind of followed him and the culture, and it's just, we like it. We've yeah. been there a few times to go to the games, and All it's right. just like, I we love it, you know? It's just awesome. We yeah. Every Sunday, we you know, we find the nearest bar that has Put on your Saints. black and gold. You're wearing their colors exactly. today. Man. I was going to wear the hat, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and tell me about the vintage racing stuff, because you've... Um, this is one thing that uh, I really like is that you still ride a lot. I can tell you still enjoy it. Not know? at the moment. I, have a, I tore my meniscus. So. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on the sidelines right now. So. Well. But it feels good. But you do ride, you know, up until yeah. that injury. Yeah. Like you're, you're always riding, whether it's vintage yeah. stuff or whatever. Um, and you've put together a couple of fun vintage races. You do the, um, that Christmas, the Santa Claus Grand Prix down at the, at the Boat, Boat Ranch. Ranch. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But you're involved in a lot of stuff like that. What is it about the vintage stuff that you love? I just like, you know, uh, going back, I like all the old stuff, you know, the yeah. Jofas and the open faces and, and the clothes and in vintage races, half of it is about, you know, having fun, not just going yeah. out and beating your buddy or getting first and then leaving, you know, yeah. it's about getting over, you know, uh, finish your motos, go have a beer, you know, get your trophy and hang out and talk and stuff. Yeah. So it's really cool. They remind me of, of racing when I started, you know, so it kind of takes you back right. to what it used to be like. I think that's something Not that's neat about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I grew up racing in Montana and, and they're 10 years behind anyway. So when I grew up in the early eighties, it was like, it's just a family. It's like a big camping trip. Basically well, everybody you, comes out and the kids are riding bicycles and the dads are drinking beer and there's exactly. a fire and everybody's barbecuing it's just a fun. Yeah, we'll get into get that. Maybe when we talked about where we, I started racing at Barona, it was is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's more about going out there and camping you know, for the weekend. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, we were going to race on Sunday, but what about today? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fun to be had between yeah. now and then. Well, uh, all right, we'll talk more about it because you've got some cool stuff coming up. Um, but I want to just encourage you guys if you haven't yet gone over to WhiskeyThrottleMedia.com. Go check it out. We've got some really cool features over there, bike tests and projects and all kinds of features um, that I think you guys would be interested in, just just unique content. We also have new merch over there that you can buy. We have a forum, uh, all kinds of stuff. So check it out. And uh, in the meantime, let's get to our guest story. He's brought to you by Yamaha. Sorry, Suzuki. Uh, Yamaha bringing you our (laughs) guest today. So tell me about where you grew up. I remember you always talking about Hamul. Yeah. Uh, and RJ, I would hear him talk about it. He had a place to ride out there. Yeah. I always wondered if that was the same track that you guys were no, on. Different no, place. it wasn't. Um, we actually moved out there from San Diego. Like we just lived in the city Okay. in like 1971. And uh, it was just nothing out here. You know, I was going to say, Hamul had to be just It was nothing. grass and, yeah. you know, trails and, and whatever. And ho- a lot of horses. Kind of like <laughs> around here. Yeah. You know, um, just... And then my dad, uh, my dad built the house all by himself. You know, it's like when we were, he was building the house, we lived 
like a couple miles away at our neighbor's house in a trailer for a while, you know, and when he's building the house, you know, it was like kind of gnarly. It was like, it's fun when you're a kid, you know? Yeah. You don't have to shower for, you know, a week. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah, now it'd be a nightmare, but as a kid, it was great. Yeah. Interesting how, um, I don't know, maybe you you can speak to this. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like your dad built a house, right? You know, um, I feel like every generation that goes on, we get kind of less yeah. uh, able to do things. You know, my dad could exactly. build a whole car motor yeah. and wire a whole electronic system with something like, and I'm not good at any of that. I, like, I can't do any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, times have changed for sure. Right? It's, it's I, guys like, used to just, you had to figure it out because there wasn't, Yeah, you couldn't afford to have someone build it or have someone exactly. afford to fix the car. So you're like, well, I guess I got to fix it myself. Yeah. They just, I think it's just, it goes to being way, going way back. It's like, you know, when you got out of school or maybe you didn't finish school, you had to get a job. You had yeah. to make some money, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Different world. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was life like growing up out there? I mean, basically was, living in the country. It was awesome. Um, there was hardly any houses out there. There was a school, we uh, small school, um, and just we had all kinds of BMX bikes and BB guns and, you know, all that stuff. So we just, you know, yeah. and we just go right out the back door, you know, and, and, you know, go riding all day, go down to the corner and make jumps on our BMX bikes and, you know, crash and, you know, kid stuff. Yeah. You know, it was so awesome. Country living. That's awesome. Do you have siblings? Yeah. I have a half brother and a half sister and, um, and one brother. Okay. My brother, two of my brothers, they raced for a while. And um, my one brother, Jeff, got uh, pretty good, uh, like in CMC, okay. uh, intermediate. Got Are they a, older he, or younger? He was. He's older. He's They're older, older yeah. Okay. They're all older, yeah. I'm the youngster. So. Okay. Did you guys do anything uh, before you got into dirt bikes? Did you play any other sports, school sports or anything like um, that? We played... Uh, little league baseball, me and my brother. Okay. For a, for a few years, and um, yeah, it was okay, you know. But then when we moved out to Hamoa, it was like, you know, this is this What's is dirt bikes yeah, and yeah. BMX and you know BB guns, you know. <laughs> yeah, you kind of start doing the things that are fun to do out there, yeah. right? Um, so how did you get introduced to dirt bikes? Did your dad ride? No, my dad was a stock car racer, uh-huh. and he raced. Mainly at Cajon Speedway there in okay. El Cajon, and Bernie Burnworth number thirteen. So <laughs> rest in peace. But um, so you know we'd go that, to the races. That's a stock car driver's name right there, yeah, Bernie Burnworth. Yeah. Right? Well, his real name was Claire, so that's <laughs> yeah, that's how he got that name. You got a stage uh, name. All right. Um, so he did really well. You know, we'd go to races every weekend. You know. I wasn't too much into watching the races. Like we'd be under the, you know, the grandstands and stuff like that and messing around yeah. or the snack bar and do all this. And, but he did that for quite a few years. And then, uh, one of our friends, uh, a good friend that was, I, he worked on his car and stuff like that. They kind of had some, he had some bikes and, um, they let us like borrow one of the, it was a Yamaha little mini Enduro. Okay. And that was kind of one of the first bikes that I like, raced and okay. rode in um did your brothers ride too yeah they you, rode too yeah okay. yeah we all kind of rode and they had uh we had like yamaha 100 and um my other brother had uh i think a yamaha 125 like 
I forget what year, but yeah. You sent some some really great photos from back in the day. Um, <clears throat> and there was one where there's three of you and you're all on the Honda like trail 70s yeah, or stuff. That was uh actually was that, that pretty kid, early that on? kid was our neighbor uh that we lived at when we were building the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he was older, so he was like he had that blue CT and I think he even had a clutch on it or something. It was like, oh my God, you know. And that's <laughs> that was like my first time riding. Yeah. You know, that was actually on a camping trip. We took him and we had two of those CTs that my dad had Were bought. Were they seventies? CT seventy. And yeah. you could take the you know the handlebars unscrew the yeah. bars, put them down. And that was like, you know, I first started, you know, just in a circle and I was I was freaking terrified, you know. And yeah. um what did you see on that picture? I didn't even have a helmet. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how a yeah. lot of us learn though. Right. Like, yeah, you crash and you got, you got to learn about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. You can just, the, those photos just reek of the seventies, you know, Yeah. parents are my, off over here yeah, smoking my, and my, drinking and yeah. kids are no helmets driving <laughs> yeah, exactly. CT seventies around. That's great. Um, do you, so what was your first bike then? You kind of started on all these little guys, but my was first, there one that was that kind was of yours? That was the bike I ever got, the CT70. And then my first race bike was the SL70. Okay. So it was kind of like the Enduro. It had lights and everything like that. Yeah. So we stripped all that. That was kind of right before the, the XRs were coming out. Okay. So um, That was before, mo- what year was this? Because that would have been before there was... It was f- like 71 or something like that. Yeah, so before there was really motocross two. bikes yeah. specifically. That's you had why to kind of convert them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they had steel fenders and lights and stuff. So we took all that stuff off. And I, I think I have one picture in there. It's pretty, pretty funny. Um, and my, my uncle was a painter, like in okay. a shop. And then, so he thought he was going to come up with this really bitch. And, you know, I'm going to do this tank design, you know, red, white, and blue, like little, you know, the, the tank was white, but he was going to put like the little dots and then they take an airbrush and then, psh, you know, it's so oh, it yeah. psh. So when you get, when you take red and do that on white, it turns into pink. So I had a pink and blue and, you know, take, I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't know about this. <laughs> do you remember your first race or did you guys just kind of ride for a long time? We did ride. And what and, races was And then there? the first, you know, I, I only remember where it was. It was more like a, kind of like a tri- enduro type thing. Yeah. It was just like. There's no tractors making a track or yeah. anything. It was just like, you know, make a, some little obstacles here. It was out in Live Oak Springs, which is east out there, um, east San Diego. And um, just, I don't know, it was, it was I, I don't even remember the track or anything, but I was on that SL70. It was just like, I, I was a little scared, you know. It was like, yeah. it was all loose kind of sand and stuff and a you know, I didn't do very good, yeah. but uh, that was my first memory. Right? Most of us don't in our first race, but yeah. it's funny to remember, you know, think back to that. I raced a Yamaha 50 and they only made those, I think for one year yeah. in 1980. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, re- I remember it vividly. I did terrible, but it was like kind of yeah. a silty track and I'm right. crashing left yeah. and right. It's funny to remember those things. Um, so did you guys, when you were that age, when you were younger, did you guys ever go to like Carlsbad or Saddleback and watch pro racing? No, there was a track called Four Corners, which is uh, where Barona Oaks is right now. Ah, okay. Or right, right by there. That was like the big track down there. Mm. Carlsbad was, you know, obviously, you know, an hour away. And um, 
actually my first time going to Carlsbad was like 1973, the USGP. It was yeah, like that's a, what I figured. It was maybe. like the first big race that I've ever, you know, I've just seen in the magazine. Yeah. And I'm like, you get there and it's like millions of people, you know, just all yeah. drinking beer. And on. there were so many people there. I can't, I, it, it's crazy. It's just like, and I was just in awe and, and, you know, it's just like the guys, you know, all gnarly with Jofas and all this. And there was one guy, John Banks. He was like the only guy in a four stroke. And you could hear that uh, bike all the all around. It was it was insane. John Banks. Huh? Yeah. John was he Banks. a uh, U.S. guy? No, he was from England. Ah, uh, OK. Yeah. So it was that world uh, GP, the yeah. U.S. GP. Wow. What, did, what else do you remember from that day? Uh, not like a lot. Just kind of running, yeah. you know, running around, like looking at it. Out. Uh, I uh, Willie Bauer actually won that race. I'm I'm pretty sure it was '73, um, and I think Roger got second. And uh, I don't remember a lot about it. It's more about like you know, I was small. Like, yeah. Looking at all these people, and you know, there's fences everywhere, and kind of overwhelming, um, probably. For yeah, a kid. it was, but yeah. super cool. You know, it's yeah. it's like, oh my god, this is cool. <laughs> you got to see Roger race, man, at a GP. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He didn't do the greatest at Carlsbad. He never had the, he didn't have the best luck. I feel sorry for him. Well, Carlsbad <laughs> was uh it was you know, it was a weird animal. Like that was unlike yeah. any other place you'd go. I got to believe any place I've that ever been. That was one of my I'd say that's probably one of the tracks that I could go the fastest on cuz yeah. I went there so many times growing yeah. up. CMC you know, just every weekend, Saddleback, yeah. Carlsbad, Saddleback, Carlsbad. Yeah. You just learn that dirt. But if you don't know it, it's hard because it, it's it starts super, out, you know, for yeah. those people who never got to ride Carlsbad or people who have, you can relate. It's like in the morning, it was greasy mud. And you're like, ah, they overwatered it or whatever. But it would come in and then be crazy sticky for this little window of time. Yep. And then it just turned into asphalt. <laughs> yeah, you know, they would it, flood it in the morning and just like with sprinklers. It's like, oh my god, how, you know, sticky stuff. You, it take you an hour to get all the yeah. mud off your bike after practice, and then like you said, it would eventually like tack up, and it was really, you know, the berms were big, but you could like hit them, and and uh, then it dried out. It's like if you had it dialed, man, you were like a second or two faster than yeah. a guy that was just, you know, a sand guy or something. So I did some endurance testing. This was Mitch's idea. He's like, you should go do endurance testing for Kawasaki. It'd be good training for you. Well, you just go out and you do like three 40 minute motos. They're like, yeah. I don't care how fast you go. Just 40 minutes, you know, keep going. Well, after so many freaking laps, laps around Carlsbad, you start to figure out like, oh, if I just move over. Yeah a foot here yeah well that's better oh, okay and then I, yeah. I can miss these bumps if i go up on here there's these little line changes that don't look like much but just yeah. a little shift that's right and it makes all the difference right and i watched guys um uh yeah and local guys could local guys like were amazing just man. move over and you you know you know this little line over here yeah. you know there's a little bit of fence on here you go yeah you know. yeah some guys would ride on the fence you know where the fence yeah. would be laid down they'd yeah. be on the chain link oh it's good traction if you catch the chain yeah. link <laughs> there's all these little tricks to that place yeah and then uh when i rode for suzuki i did what you said they had the production testing out there uh, ron turner and clint hardick and some of us like they'd send me out there just go go test some bikes you know just do yeah. a bunch of laps yeah. you know so it was just like i had to please dial you know just ruin yeah. those bikes you know yeah, and I mean, if they're going to pay you to go out and ride, it's like, all right. Yeah. Laps, laps, laps. So anyway, that that was just an interesting track. I would say 
I understand why Roger would not like it or have a hard time. Yeah, the Euro it's guys just didn't like it. I don't think the Euro guys liked it because it the GP would always be in the summer, mm. and it would be oh, it, it gets hot, hot there. Oh, yeah. It gets amazingly hot, like ninety. You know, yeah, you know, crazy. Yeah, and guys passing out. I also think, I mean, I I, I, I was riding there in the mid nineties, so bikes were better. Like I think back to the seventies. Yeah, going down that the the downhill on those. Gnarly. Yeah, it would be really nice. So I started racing there in like 76. I, I put one picture in there. I'm going over the drop off. Oh, yeah, the devil's drop. Yeah. But that's uh my 70, uh, yeah, it's like 76 YZ80 dual shock, you know? I can't imagine that thing felt good but coming down. Before that, I wrote, I had the 73 YZ80A with the lay down shocks and the Gucci kit and all this. I think that was one of my first races there. And it had a downpipe. And after the race, it's like there was no pipe left, you know, oh. because it would just, you know, it bottomed Smashed so many it. times it was done. <laughs> My oh, dad's man. all, we're done with this Carlsbad shit on this thing. <laughs> yeah, that dirt, it was literally as hard as it asphalt. Was, yeah. It was crazy when it would dry up. You didn't want to crash. No. Um, what pro riders did you kind of look up to in that era? Well, when I was younger, you know, it was all about the magazines a lot because I didn't, we didn't go a lot of races, you know, locally. And, you know, if we did, it was just like four corners, you know, there'd be, um, yeah, you know, Brock started out there and um, some of the older guys, you know, Ted Weeks and. Um, was Tripes know, or Smith, Marty Smith, yeah, those Marty, guys out there? You know, Marty Tripes. Yeah, Marty Smith. Um, I don't know if Marty raced a lot of local stuff, you mm. know um tommy croft and yeah there was there was a ton of guys um that came out of there yeah i mean you were in the the cajon zone basically yeah in its heyday so yeah. you got to see a lot of that um but you're you, if you had to pick kind of as you were growing up and an amateur kid getting into being a better racer who were the guys you looked up to um Obviously, Brock and, I mean, all the guys, you know, right before I came up, you know, just, yeah, Tripes, Marty Smith. All those know, guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so so many of them. It's like, hmm. you know, it was stacked. Was there any local kids that you rode with that stuck with it also and ended up turning pro? Um, just like RJ, Dogger. Oh, so uh, you grew up with them as kids. Yeah. Even. Yeah, okay. Yeah, at Barona. So okay. that's... Uh, kind of backing up that started in like 73 74 and uh my dad was kind of part of it like creating the place getting it going oh is that right uh, yeah my okay. dad was the president of cmmc uh the club uh for a couple of years and uh so every weekend we'd go out there you know um saturday camp out sunday race and you know my dad they'd be all working on the track and it was pretty cool yeah, yeah. uh i think i first went to barona and maybe 85 the first time and i mean what a cool place um yeah. just buried in all these oak trees and the track was a little rocky back then i don't know yeah how it's, it's still, probably still a little rocky, still a little rocky. <laughs> but just a fun layout and um it was like it had its own crowd of people down there you know yeah um, they actually when uh back in the day uh nma had some nationals there so there were some pretty big races there uh actually brock raced there and you know uh ward myerskoff mike brown um they were there were huge races and that was kind of like 
would help me, you know, have yep. those guys come down. Was it Golden State races? I no, think... this was NMA, like oh, NMA, okay. uh, national NMA nationals. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I remember. I think I'm going there in the late '80s for Trans Cows. Then, or there was something. Yeah, or some I type think of CMC races. was doing some races there. Yeah. for a while. Okay. Um, neat place. So, um, tell me about '77. You were the mini bike champ. It shows that in your in this bio that I read on you. Mini bike champ. Yes. Was this the CMMC? Yeah. Stuff? So instead okay. of Loretta Lens, it was. Yeah, it didn't uh, exist. It was Punk City. Mm. It was NMA. Okay. And it, that was NMA. So that was the big thing then. And uh, so we, uh, let's see, what was before that was um, back in like Oklahoma or no, that was Punk City. And then uh, um, shoot, um, another I can't think of right now but was uh, there there was one at indian dunes right well the world mini i guess it was that yeah that was there. the world mini yeah okay. i don't remember what year that was though maybe early 80s that started no that was like shoot that was like early <laughs> i got a picture in there on my my sl70 and that was like shoot like 75 76 oh really yeah okay so it goes it way, back. way back yeah and then like um Kyle Fleming, Bruce Bunch, Rick Hemi, were those guys in your age group too? Or no, they were younger? They were, they were a lot younger. Oh, lighter. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, I don't know, maybe about 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of just missed them too, so I wasn't sure where they fit into that. So my first real big deal was like I, you know, my dad was buying the bikes. I got help from shops, you know, yep. Lucky Yamaha or whatever down there. And um, so somehow I got hooked up with Dean at R&D and then... Um, Hey, we want you to try this bike, you know? Um, it was like that Suzuki, it was a Suzuki 80, just yeah. all modded out, you know, oh, Akron yeah. front rim. It had Elsinore front forks, like cut down, mm. like painted red, uh, laid down shocks, cross, <laughs> cross up uh, swing arm. The thing was badass. Yeah. And a lot of handmade pipe. Yeah. Uh, Dean, yeah. They had some guy that made the pipes that was just like, you know, art artist. And um, hmm. the thing was so fast. It was just like, oh, my God, you know, this is incredible. Yeah. You know? I, there was DMC Kawasaki's and R&D Suzuki 80s and 60s. Man, those guys, the stuff yeah. they would build was just it was art. Yeah. The, and I think there's still a Yamaha, but Troy's that was uh, Hicks, Eddie Hicks's bike. Yeah. That Dave Miller built. Um, so you can go see it if you've never been to the Troy Designs yeah. Museum. But those things were works of art. So what year would that have been? Uh, that was like, like 78. 78. Yeah, when I first started writing for R&D. Do you have any pictures of that thing? Um, somewhere. I don't have them here. Okay. But I asked Dean, too, and he doesn't have a lot, too. And I, I have a couple of pictures of us at Ponca City after I won and, you know, with my trophies and all this. And Tosh is there. And uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So when when would you say you got kind of more serious about racing or was there a point where you you kind of took off and started doing well, really well it was about that like about that 1977 time. 78 okay. you know um when i was you know we were racing at brona you know i i won a lot there and we go to the other regional you know whatever we just go to phoenix a lot canyon um, raceway uh, which? uh yeah i think it was yeah. it had like a big there, downhill in yeah, the yeah big jump down yeah. yeah that was pretty cool we'd go there they'd have races there in the summer and we're like, 
you know, it's like 120 yeah. in the day. So it would all be at night. So yeah. it's like all these sketchy lights out there. Where it's like, your kid, you didn't really care. <laughs> yeah. you know, that was you, my home track. That's where I grew see. up. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. They used to have uh, the Cycle-Am Classic. You remember Cycle-Am, that company? The Defenders. The, the Defenders. Yeah. yeah. And then the Bosch Classic. Those were like the two big, you know, yeah. kind of invitational races or whatever yeah. they call them. Uh, and they were big. Yeah, we'd get, I think RJ came to one one year. Um, you know, we'd get Mike Healy. We'd just get, we'd get all kinds yeah. of guys. So there was a, uh, Gary and Dre Dirks were two like really fast guys. Like when I was riding minis, yeah. they, it was like Myerskoff, uh, Ward, you know, uh, Dirks, and then myself. So yeah. that was kind of like, yeah. you know. So Dre, Went on to do R and D for Honda for years. Yeah, in fact, yeah, he's working yeah. for him again now. Oh, that's cool. I just saw yeah. him at last year's uh, 450 intro. Yeah, that's cool. So it's good to see him doing well. And then uh, another one, I found it in the results as I was going through your stuff, um, as we're talking about Arizona, is Chappie Blose. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Chappie is Chris Blose's uncle. Yeah. And he was a factory Cowie yeah. guy. Yeah. Back in. That was right when I was kind Early, of coming yeah. up too, and yeah. you got a factory ride, and uh, yeah, he was super fast too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I love I love seeing the generational stuff. Uh, well, you kind of start to feel old, but like, yeah. I was doing some of those 125 races a couple years ago, but pre COVID, yeah. and I'm getting passed by like kids. I'm like, oh, I know his dad. Yeah. Oh, I know his dad. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, I'm really old. Maybe I shouldn't be out here. I don't race with <laughs> young kids anymore. <laughs> that's why you do the vintage yeah. stuff. You don't want to get passed by your buddy's kids. Um, so what kind of support when you say you had Suzuki support at the time, just bikes and parts, like it was so, a different thing than, so, uh, R and D was kind of like the support team for Suzuki. Okay. Like they did a lot of development for them. And, um, I think it, it wasn't real publicized, I think, but they, yeah, they were super connected to Suzuki. So yeah. I, you know, I got all my stuff from, from R and D pretty much. Any money though, or just bikes uh, and parts? No, yeah. no money. No, okay. no. <clears throat> And then I'll, I got to ask you this. Did Dean back then still do the jetting thing where he'd put it on the stand and just put oh, it in yeah. here and go rah, bah, 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 yeah. and like bounce on <laughs> yeah. the brake pedal? Yeah, he, he would do some gnarly stuff. He'd like, he'd rip off, go down the, you know, they live in Norwalk. He'd rip down the street. No, actually, we used to get in his like, uh, he'd load it up in his truck. We'd go down to the, by this railroad track. He's all, you know we're going to try it here, you know, <laughs> just ripping down there, no helmet or nothing. <laughs> yeah. He would put the bikes on the stand. I remember doing this for buddy yeah. Antonez's bike. Um, this is when I started going to world mini, Bud man. And, um, I wasn't Clowers. Who's the other Suzuki guy. Anyway, whoever it was, he put it on the stand, put it in like second or third gear yeah. and then just hold He'd it load, wide open yeah. and yeah, put yeah. a load on it yeah. and then like keep stabbing the rear brake. So it'd be like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, he but could he could tell it. if he it would could jet it on the stand. Yeah. <laughs> if it would pop yeah. or, or he could hear it and yeah, it was he, incredible. Would sit, he would stand there and then he'd put his fingers by the exhaust, you know, just Brum, and like hear it. I don't know how he still hears these things. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it was... As a kid, I was like, wow, I don't know what I'm watching, but I like it. You know, and the pipe would just be glowing hot and the brakes yeah. smoking. You're like, wow. Um, all right. So talk about your transition into big bike racing and, and pro. You know, something about that era, the further you go back, it seems like it was gnarlier and gnarlier. But yeah, now we have this real easy, smooth transition into big bike racing and then into pro racing, yeah. which is probably smarter. Back then it was like, 
well, you're 16, here's a pack of smokes, and there's a 250, get yep. going. No, and then you're riding 500s the next year. It was just very, I don't yeah, know, it, abrupt. It, it was different. I mean, you know, for a while there, they made the 100s, which was I thought was a great transition yeah. from yeah. 80 to that. And they only made it, like, we started racing those, like, not too long ago, again, which are super fun. Yeah. And, um, but they got rid of them, and, you know, yeah, you go from... 80 to 125 it's pretty gnarly pretty big jump yeah and um so my thing was like we started riding a lot of cmmc or cmc you know saddleback carlsbad and that was where everybody went yeah so you know that was basically a national that's where you learn you know and and the golden states i mean they they have like 40 guys in the in the pro classes you know just all the names i mean just Tons, tons of guys. That yeah. that's where you went to get fast. You had to go there. Yeah. You know, nowadays guys don't race. You know, you had to go there to you know get up to speed. Well, we didn't have watered prepped tracks to ride on during the week, no, so you were like, true. let's let's go racing, so I can ride something without dust or you know something yeah. that's a real racetrack. Um. So seventy seven, you're the the mini bike national champ. Seventy eight, you moved up to big bikes. Yeah, I and you're doing local. More, yeah, okay. CM, CMC pretty much. Um, yeah, and then I, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what. I think I turned pro. Yeah, in like maybe late '78 or something like that. Yeah, you did a couple yeah. of nationals in '79. You did. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Rio Bravo was your first one. Yeah. Uh, in August, I think it was about 100 degrees I'll in bet. the summer in in Houston. <laughs> yeah, Southern Texas in August. Yeah. I'm thinking, whoa. And that was 40, 40 plus two laps. So, you know, we did some long. Uh, they used to have some uh, that Saddleback Saddle Saddleback Saturday was every you know Saturday. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was 30 minutes. You know, it was it was pretty good. But the humidity. Is yeah, another it was, level, it was especially gnarly. when you're not used like, to it, right? I was like this scrawny little kid, you know. I probably weighed, you know, 140 or something, and and uh, you know, I, I think I got, I ended up getting like 17th or something. And I was yeah. like, I'm gonna freaking die. Yeah. <laughs> now the, your first nationals an eye opener, anyway, and then you throw that yeah. kind of physical element. You know, yeah, that, that's another thing. I mean, they're we got thrown in with okay, I'm racing against Brock Glover, Mark Barnett. Mm-hmm. Jeff Ward, <laughs> you know, know. these guys, I look at the magazine at, you yeah. know, it's like yeah. crazy. That's always, um, that's always to me, uh, interesting to ask people about like, cause you, you do literally go from, you're watching these guys at super crosses and races and you're, you're looking up to them, you got their, their picture on your wall yeah. and then you slide into a gate and they're like right next to you. And it's a yeah, weird, it's very, in- intimidating. very intimidating. Yeah. And, uh, I always remember this that uh, Brock, I'll, you know, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, it was one. I think it was Saturday Saddleback, and I had it. I had the place dialed. You know, I had the R and D one twenty five. The thing was like super fast. Yeah. And Brock shows up like in his truck. I think with his truck with his work bike in there. You know, going to try it or something. And I think I beat. I don't know if I beat him both models. He he would remember. He has a good memory, but. um so yeah, I, I held ass that day. So I always remember that day. Yeah, <laughs> it was, that was like, a good one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember the first national I did was in '93, and Jeremy. That was the year Jeremy won the Supercross title, and I had been to Anaheim, watched him pass Jeff Stanton, and win his yeah. first race, and like the start of that. Right. He's 
larger than life to me. Well, he dropped down for the 125 yeah. class that summer. And my first national, I pulled in right next to him and I was like, I mean, just blew my yeah. mind. Just you're, you're a mess right yeah. away. Right? Like I didn't yeah. stand a chance. Um, okay. So what did you, what'd you learn in those first couple of nationals there in 79? Like, what did you take away from that? Well, I, I knew I had to get in better shape, you know, uh, cause it was, that was about as gnarly as it got right there. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, was, second one was at uh, broom Tioga in August, still yeah. potentially hot. And it's, it's not as, you know, it's not as like loose, you know, a lot of rocks and yeah. stuff like that. And the same thing, it was like, I'd never been there before. And, you know, it's just gnarly going to a national when you're like, when you're young like that and you're just going, you know, God, you're so intimidated. You know, yeah. it's like, I just want to finish in the top 10 or something. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up like going down this, <laughs> there was a big downhill. I'm riding like a dual shock, you know, 79 Suzuki. I start swapping So I swapped, crashed, broke my leg. So I was like, Oh, at Binghamton? Out. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The only time I broke my leg. Wow. All right. Well, that, I, I really guess I don't have to enough. ask how that weekend went. It didn't go well. So you were still Suzuki support this time? Were they still helping you out? With was, bikes? Yeah, support. But okay. they took my bike like uh, in, you know, with the factory, you know, they put my bike there. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. So that was, nice. was kind of cool. So then what about going into 1980? Now so a done... story, another story too, is like um, at, at Rio Bravo, uh, there was a guy named Pat Jacobson. He had just got a factory ride with um, Suzuki. And I was there. That was my first, one of my first races. And in the first corner, he crashes and he got paralyzed, which I didn't know at the time. And like after we're just like, what the hell happened? You know? It's oh, like, wow. Yeah, super gnarly. And then, I've never even um, heard the name. Pat Jacobson. Yeah, Pat, right? he's super fast from, um, like, Washington. Okay. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah, huh. It's kinda, yeah. That's a little scary. It was sad. Yeah. A little bit of reality at your first national, yeah. huh? Um, so that what happened was that they had that bike, full, full works, 125. Those things, that was probably one of the most amazing bikes that I, to me... Everything just all handmade, sand cast, mm. titanium. Uh, you know, it was air cooled. It had like the cool you know, number plate with the vent, and you know, it, the thing weighed like I think like one seventy something, mm. like super light. Wow! So they put me on that bike, and that was um, that was that was that was pretty cool. I was pretty stoked. Mm. Eye opener about uh, how good work spikes could be. Yeah, yeah, it was just like that. And then in your mind, you're just like, I'm on a works bike. You yeah. know, this is this is cool. Yeah, unfortunately, that does do something for your, your head. <clears throat> um, so what about going into 80? Still Suzuki support? Yeah. So I did some, I started doing some nationals there. Um, did pretty good, you know, got some, I don't know, you got the results. Yeah, but <laughs> well, you had a couple of great rides, a fourth, fourth at Sears Point. Yeah. Uh, fifth at Washougal, seventh back at Binghamton. So you yeah. were... You know, everything inside the top 15 and putting in some, you know, top five rides. Yeah. So that's pretty better shape good. on the, you know, I got the works bike. I'm, you know, getting more confidence. And so it was pretty cool. And who were, who was winning in 1980? Like I think who, Brock and Brock, uh, okay. Barnett. Yeah. They were pretty much battling it out. Barnett, man. What an animal. Guy was, yeah. I got, I got a few stories, you know, Suzuki. No, yeah. Nothing. No good party stuff or no. He didn't party. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he ever. The guy was party. just so gnarly. It was just like you know, 
I think it was 84 or something. We went back to his house to, 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 to test some parts and stuff like that. That's when we went back to production bike. So we were like mm. just scrambling, you know, was he in and like Georgia else, or where was he? Uh, where was Alabama. Alabama. He had like a rant, a farm out there. There's it's like freezing. I think we were going to Atlanta, maybe Supercross or something. So we went out there and, um, we're testing. So yeah, it was so freaking cold. It was like, I think it was like snowing too or something. So yeah, this little Jeez. shed, like all heated up in there. All everyone's in there. Do do a couple laps, like open the door, come back in, change some parts. Go, you know. The guy yeah. was just, you know, he was an animal. The guy huh? was gnarly. He just destroyed bike. You know, He'd just go for hours. You know. So the stories of him just running through five That's gallons true. of gas a day. It's true. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we've talked about maybe getting him on, but um, he's kind of cantankerous in his old age. Yeah. Doesn't sound like he wants to come on. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't I want to see it. It's on IG, him, but, but I think it might be his, uh, it's his daughter. daughter so. Yeah, it's his daughter. <laughs> Super uh, cool guy. I just always got along with him. He's, you know, he's so mellow, just like country boy. Yeah. Know, just like super. Oh, nice. He seems great. Like, I would love to just let let him yeah. tell his opinions and stories. And he would you never know tell him. you how gnarly he was, you know, but um, no. But it was, he used to hang out with Leon. I don't, there was a guy named Leon, which it was like uh, the QEM. It was like the you know the energy drink uh, okay. back then, and yeah. um, he was freaking gnarly too. It's like him and Barnett, like they they'd always be running, you know, for you know, got their you know dolphin shorts on and running for you know an hour, you know, just gnarly stuff going up sand hills and stuff. Yeah, just like ah. Uh. Yeah. That was cool. What a what a fun like teammate to get to you know. Yeah. You got to really live through a cool era and race through I, a cool era. Yeah, you know I what did. I mean. I did. I feel pretty lucky about. There's that. a picture that you sent, um, and it's I think it's the start of Anaheim '86 with you know, yeah. and uh, yep. which you <laughs> didn't yeah. turn out real well for you, but <laughs> it just the photo itself. It's like. Uh, I'm going to miss some of them, but it's you and then Glover and Dogger yeah. and Bailey. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're, you're yeah. all just kind of leaping out of the gate and it's like, man, I'd have that thing blown up Yeah, <laughs> and it'd be big in my room. You know, it's a really cool photo. Like just, just the whole thing with the gear and stuff like that yeah, you man. Know, back then was so cool that you, you actually max your bike, you know, and your team, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, really like I'm kind of bummed on that nowadays, you know. Same. Yeah, same. I, I I liked when at least guys could have their own helmets. Yeah. Right? Like they had their own look. You were the yeah. black and red Hallman stuff well, that year. Right when I f- first got a ride, uh, Bell did almost every team's like team's helmets. So, you know, you had all the Honda helmets which were like painted the same and yeah. they put your name and number hand painted. You know, Suzuki, Yamaha, they all had, you know, so they kind of had the, you know, you didn't have different, you know, Arai right. and all that. And then it changed, but yeah. that was super cool. I still got a couple of my helmets, which I wish I would have kept a lot more. But Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't real, realize the value of those till it's too late, probably. Yeah. Okay, so going to that 80 season, you did really well. And you won Rookie of the Year, too, yeah. that year, right? Yeah. AMA. That's a pretty big deal. Pretty cool. Yeah, I was pretty stoked on that. So did that help your cause? Because um, in 81, you signed with Yamaha. Yeah. Hard so, to leave so, Suzuki? So, I mean, kind yeah, of what happened was, there? I, you know, but I, for some reason, I didn't. they didn't offer me something, or I don't remember what happened. But um, 
And then I was kind of good friends with Brock too. So mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, that helped a little bit. I don't, sure. I don't know. You could probably tell the story better than I, but, um, so they offered me a ride. I'm like, holy crap. You know, it's like, it was uh, Bob Hanna, Brock Glover, Mike <laughs> Bell, and myself. Again, like, you're living in a really cool era. And man. Like, one of the coolest things was like they made a like a caricature like T-shirt with all of us on it. I still I still have it. That picture's in there, right? I think I don't said know that. if it's in there, but it's it's pretty cool. I've seen and it. I was like, you, I made it. Okay, I'm on the freaking T-shirt <laughs> with these guys. <laughs> I'm a cartoon character next yeah. to Bob Hanna. I I'm good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. How'd you get along with Bob? Uh, pretty good, you know. He, he, you know, kind of an asshole. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, really I, the only I, way I got to describe along him. with him. Okay, not like you know, we didn't hang out or anything, or you know, he was pretty much though. Know, he did his thing with with Keith and yeah, you know, he has like his own thing. Um, a couple of like a few really like Bevo was was I would say a good yeah. friend of his. Savinsky. McCarty, Savinsky. Yeah. yeah, he had his little he had core. His click. Yeah, and if you weren't in that, yeah. You, you never out. knew. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you never, like, exactly. sometimes I'll, I'll see him and I'm like, hey, Bob, how are you? And, sh and he's like, cordial. Who were you? <laughs> and then the next time he's like, what was your name again? Like, you go, oh, yeah, we've met 10 times. Never mind. Uh, you know, yeah. That's kind of how he was. It's like, he was cool to me, you know, no big deal. I was like, I, you know, I wasn't really a threat to him or anything. So, you know, he didn't yeah. care yeah. about me. <laughs> he's a character. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So take me through that season. Um yeah, so well, in, I'll and, back up a little bit. How I, <laughs> when I got the ride, no agent or nothing, you know, I, you know, so a lot of guys didn't have agents then. It's yeah. like, okay, so uh, I, I don't know if it was uh, Keith McCarty. I mean, no, um, um, God darn it. The, At the Yama? Yeah. Um, oh boy, who would it have been back then? Um, I mean, John, was John R around? No, then, no. Or? God dang it, I'm blanking out right now. Was the team manager? Yeah. Kenny Clark, sorry. Kenny Clark, okay. I just blanked yeah. out for a second. Uh, yeah, so he, he was like team manager. He did like the negotiations on the, like, you know, they called me, like, come up here, you know, we want to talk to and, you. And you're what, 17? I'm like 17. Yeah. You know, no agent or nothing. I'm like, what the, you know, did first you? time at Yamaha, yeah. I'm going in this corporate, you know, go in the door, you know, wait, you know, here they, they come get you, set me down at Kenny's desk. And, you know, Kenny, it was like, I didn't know him too well. Gnarly, I, I only but, saw know, him from TV and, and he kind of, yeah. you know, short little guy, kind of fiery little, you know, you Yosemite Sam looking a little <laughs> bit, you know, okay. Funny, pistols, like you look at him, you're just kind of scared you know but he's like pretty nice you know yeah. he's like okay so i go up there and uh you know he's saying da 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 you know he's all yeah you, you know you did pretty good you know last year you know you you sit on the good the same lap as barnett and, and glover i'm like yeah <laughs> you know i mean like 50, was that like 60. a backhanded compliment or? no it was like he was like he was like impressed by that okay. i'm like you know pretty gnarly and uh and I'm like, yeah, you know, you're pretty good. And then, you know, it's like, you know, we get through there talking about the contract and all. It's like, you know, here's what we're going to, you know, offer you. And, you know, I didn't really care what, what it was. I'm like, I get the full ride, you know, the yeah. factory factory ride and everything. And, and it's like, um, I look at, you know, it's like 18 grand. I'm like, shit, you know, that's 
pretty good. You're pretty stoked on that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, where do I sign? So that was it. And, uh, no dad. Dad wasn't with you. No, nobody. Yeah. Just me. So. You know, I, and I, it's probably not the same these days because everybody does have an agent and all that. But how cool! Like, what an education, right? Yeah, as motocross yeah. guys, we probably not a lot of us went to college or anything like that. But you're going into a corporate office and negotiating a contract or yeah. just signing it, I suppose, at that one. But yeah. at 17, yeah, you know, you're it traveling the world. You, there's gnarly. there's an education you you got. Um, abnormal but yeah man that's an Hard experience knocks, pretty much yeah, yeah 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 that's interesting man um a lot of guys so, didn't have agents then you know i don't know yeah they didn't really exist until and it was kind of i think like you know it was like the factories didn't want agents you know they wanted to kind of like talk to you oh yeah <laughs> i think that was the deal way easier you know? to, to manipulate yeah, a, a rider that yeah. way you know <laughs> um i wanted to mention <clears throat> who you were racing in 81 because i as I'm looking through the results, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, who was he competing with here? Let's look. Listen to this. This is the Nationals that year. Um, 81, you got Wardy, Mark Barnett, Gibson, Magoo, Johnny O, Cantaloupe, Kehoe, and then I, I mentioned Chappie Blos, uh, like yeah. I say, because he's, uh, I recognize the name, but man, yeah, heavy hitters. <laughs> like that class was, was no joke. Gnarly. You're in the top 10. You're doing good. Yeah, you and know? you were sixth overall <clears throat> with a, a podium at Carlsbad. You had a fourth at Saddleback. Um, pretty, good, pretty, pretty good, good year, there. right? <laughs> and and here's the other thing, too. You did 125 motocross, but you also jumped in and did some 2BD supercross that year. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, this is something that like doesn't happen too much anymore. It was um, super gnarly because it's like, like you said, there was no transition. Like now, they, I mean, you're learning for a few years before you're, you know, going supercross. Right. Then it was like, we were riding, I'm riding out in Hamul and, you know, on these trails and like, Hey, you know, we're going to Anaheim, you know, <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. It <laughs> really know? was figured out. It was and, and that early. didn't change till yeah. way later. Even when I started in the nineties, I didn't have a supercross track to practice. And on. then all the tracks, it was, uh, it wasn't like today. There's there's one person doing all of them. They have it planned out, you know, years ahead or whatever. And it, you know, they have drawings and all this. It was everyone was a freestyle. It was like, okay, there's a, a, a hundred foot, you know, quad right here. It's like yeah. not meant to be a quad, but yeah, yeah. Someone does it, and then you're gonna have to do it. They they weren't built well back then. No. Um, you know, like the transitions it would be sharp like, or there, I mean, you look at like 86 Anaheim, it looked like a enduro cross or something. It's like, yeah, it's you narrow know, 10 foot and, wide yeah. in one section. It's got some sketchy bumps. It's, you know, they, that was right after they got rid of like, you know, the, the water crossings and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go up in the stand, know. you know, but I will say this, like I watched, <laughs> um, 95 Daytona the other night. It just came through my YouTube feed and I watched it. The tracks were were terrible, but it also made for good racing because you couldn't get into a rhythm. It wasn't just like no. this buttery, perfect flow like you see now. Daytona was probably one of the worst ones because... Uh, I think Gary was drunk when he made that. I think he'd get yeah. hammered and just go out there in the dozer and start taking chunks <laughs> well, they, out of the ground. They, they had this good idea. Oh, let's put telephone poles in the junk because it was sand, so yeah. they break down so fast. Hey, yeah. let's put telephone poles in there. So when they <laughs> got cupped out... I got a few pictures in uh, Crash and Burn, I think. Like, I mean, just. Are you going over the bars? Oh, big time. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
Well, yeah, he had a yeah. telephone pole. I mean, yeah. you're going over. Yeah, it was an army. All right, so take me through that 81 season. You know, what do you recall from that year? Um, were you on pace with those leaders at any point, like up there battling with Wardy and Barnett? Uh, you know, I, I, was always, I was always a good starter, which okay. I think probably hurt me in the end. Because I, you know, on minis, I'll, you know, I could always hold shot, you know, mm. but I, I was never, mm, I didn't have to fight my way to the front. Right. So I think that kind of hurt me, you know, down the road. If you got a bad start, you just like stuck. RJ, he, he wasn't a good starter, but he always had to fight his way back, you know, mm. and he's always, you know, passing people. And so he, I think that helped him a lot in the end. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't develop that skill of charging through right no yeah i get it what was there times where you so you'd get a start wardy and barnett would you'd be right there with them what did yeah. you notice about those two like what stood out about their speed or things they were doing <sighs> wardy to me yeah, he's just super determined you know they were mm. just super determined and you know it's like those are a couple of bulldogs like right you're there. talking about a percentage you know it's like between you know fourth and fifth or yeah or whatever you know it's yeah. like that's well, I mean, it is. <laughs> you were third and fourth. You were right up yeah, there. Yeah. But um, I would put Wardy <clears throat> as one of the best all-time racers ever. And yeah, I I people that didn't get to see him race, man, it didn't matter if it was 125s, 250s, 500s, indoor, outdoor, supermoto, IndyCar racing, now bicycles. Yeah, so when I... That first, guy's a racer. When man. I first started, um, he was like, you know, he's a couple of years older than me, and it was him and Myerskopf. So it was like, you know... These are the gnarly guys, you know, and I was like third, you know, all the time. And it was like, damn, these guys are freaking good. Good. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then finally I got my chance. So <laughs> they left and went to race big bikes. Yeah. Um, well, so tell me what the riding was like in Hummel. Did you have an actual track? Like, did you ever build a Supercross track out there? I thought um, you guys did. Yeah. Right? It's funny story. Me and Clint Hardick. It was like private land. It's owned by like the water company or something. Just thousands of acres. And right in back of my house. And, and we're all like, let's, he said that was a dozer. I don't think it was a dozer. We rented a skip loader okay. and went out there and just start hacking up jumps and stuff like that. And, uh, and no so one we did do you. that. That was, that was a little, that was like 80, uh, that was, let's see, that was about 83, 83. We did that. And uh, other than that, which is pretty much natural terrain, okay. you know, really cool stuff, you know, up and down, you know, trails and, you know, uh, it just got rough from riding it. Yeah. And it was more, it was harder, you know, it was like not a lot of soft ground. Kind of like Palm Avenue-ish, like that type uh, of dirt? No, that was kind of more clay. Okay. This was pretty good dirt, you know. DG it got dusty. Okay. It got, yeah, it got hard pack, yeah. But Supercross was still <clears throat> tough to come by. You guys were just riding yeah, outdoor tracks. No. <clears throat> well, uh, you mentioned something about RJ and, and Brock. They had they paid to have a track built in Hamul. It, it's funny because my it was my my wife's friend's um, ranch, uh, the Daily Ranch. Okay. So they uh, made a full Supercross track in the back over there. You know. I, I never you didn't wrote get it. in on it? I never oh. wrote it. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know. They kind of just did it on their own. You know, they paid. I, I don't know what they paid to do it, but they would go out there. Not a lot, but, um, you know, so. Yeah. I never got to ride that. <laughs> okay. I thought maybe you were in, in on that. I just remember them talking about it. So who were you kind of, who was your training partners or who'd you ride with um, back then? 
Clint Hardick, Brock, and uh, you know, not not a lot of guys. You know, maybe some local guys, Mike, Mike Tripes. Um, okay. I don't know if I ever Chief. wrote with Yeah, Chief. Chief yeah. Chief was pretty cool. Like before, I could I I started driving and stuff like that. He'd come over in his career. You know, he he was he was a good uh, one twenty five pro back then. I That's was right. I think I was still riding eighties. He'd take me, you know, take me riding. Go over to Santee, you know, go by Marty's house, you know, check out his house and got his portion there. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. yeah, he was my mechanic one year at KTM. Oh, he was? Yeah, that's yeah, how I knew yeah. him. He's awesome. I just saw him about a week ago. Oh, yeah? Is he doing yeah. all right? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, all right. So at the end of that year, I would say good results. Was Yamaha happy? I mean, you're getting on the so. podium. I mean, you're, you're improving. Yeah, yeah. They didn't yell at me or anything. <laughs> so same... Uh, stayed with Yamaha in 82. Yeah. But you moved up to the big bikes Yeah, they full-time. moved me up to 125. I mean, uh, 250, yeah. So, yeah. how did that go in 81? You're, you're 125 nationals, and then you just jumped in. They just went, hey, here's a 250. Go do a couple of these rounds. Yeah. I don't remember the reasoning, but they kind of just put me on the 250. And, um, yeah, and super cross. And, yeah. And that was kind of right at the transition of where it was um, air-cooled to water-cooled. Okay. I think you got an eighth at San Diego on a yeah. 250 that first, you know, in 81. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. not bad. Not, not too bad. <laughs> That's funny, man. My hometown. Yeah. Uh, all right. So going into 82, how was that? How was, well, go back to 81, actually. How was that YZ125 in 81? It was pretty good. Um, I, someone would have to tell me the exact facts, but... I think the Suzuki was like 15 pounds lighter than our bike because oh, we had the you know the air the water cooler on the uh, the handlebars. That was like a crappy bike that yeah. people didn't love, huh? You know, you'd think it was pretty crappy, but it it actually worked okay. Did it? Okay. But I think on the production one, they had it going through the the stem and then it would break and it, like you know, and then all the coolant would go out. So mm. it was like. Yeah, not a great. Design. I remember not hearing good things about that production. It bike. was a little he- heavy. Yeah, know? like front end heavy, right? Like you had a headlight on. But it RJ, you know, he almost won the championship with it, so <laughs> he did pretty good. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay, so then in '82, now you're riding the 250. How was the '82 YZ 250? Uh, pretty good. You mean like production or? Well, what or? you guys were racing. Yeah. We, well, we we had to ride works bikes, and then like we rode production bikes for. Uh, practice which right was till like 84 great. right wasn't 84 yamaha went to like production based uh, race bikes 80 because that's 80, what rick won in 84 on 80 uh let's see was it 80 what they got i think 86 86 was, was the the ama production yeah, role, but in yeah. 84 yamaha went because that's what rick rode was basically a production yeah. bike that he had some yeah help exactly because um, i i got the i 85 i rode suzuki works bike so eighty two was this a works but bike? Eighty four. They for some reason they decided we're not riding works bikes. I don't know if it was the budget thing or or what. So eighty four, they said you're on these production bikes, and we're like, oh shit, yeah. you know, Barnett's gone. Holy crap! And um, we got them running pretty good, uh, but they didn't handle that great, yeah. you know. So yeah. we were struggling a little bit. Well, they talk about you know anyone that had the opportunity to race works bikes talks about how it's 
the bike's an advantage a lot of times. It's a it's great, yeah. but all week you're riding a production bike, and yeah. so then when you get to the race, you've got to readapt to this yeah, bike. I mean, it's like a totally different bike. You know, it's like I, I don't remember the weight difference, but you know, I mean, the whole thing's handmade. You know, compared to a production bike, it's yeah. like <laughs> so. I mean, and, and still, guys would say I'd probably still prefer to make that adjustment and have the works bike. But Rick said in '84. It was nice because I was practicing on yeah, pretty much it, what I was racing exactly. on. Exactly. You're comfortable on it. You know, we'd, we'd practice all week, fly to the race, you know, whatever, supercross. You know, we jump on the works bike and it, it takes you a while to yeah. get, you know, acclimated again. Yeah, yeah it's a very different machine. <clears throat> so take me through that 82 season. And you had a great year in 82. Yeah, I did pretty good. I you know, Luckily, I didn't, you know, crash and break anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had some good finishes and the, the bike was decent. You know, that was right when they kind of transitioned to um, the water cooled and uh, I was still riding the the air cooled one. Oh, you were? It was it was pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I think Brock was too. So, I don't remember. Uh, it was like a transition with like, we're like, uh, do we use this or not? You know? Hmm. And when that first came out, it was just like, that's not, it wasn't that great because it's like, the weight distribution and all this, we're trying to figure that out still, you know, so. Yeah, it's interesting because now I think, oh, air cooled, that was, why would you want that? You know, yeah. those get hot and fade real bad. Yeah. But um, early on, when they're trying to figure that out, you know, you guys were choosing the air cooled bikes. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't, well, they weren't that bad, you know, I mean, they would fade when they get hot, but, you yeah. know. They were dialed in. Well, you, you had like, um, your Supercross start was, you know, eighth. Then you had a couple rough ones, but then sixth at Houston, fifth at the second Houston, and uh, so so getting better in I Supercross. I did better on the hard pack tracks, I think. You know, I always okay. I was never like a sand guy, so like Seattle, like that was like my worst. You know, Seattle, so ruddy the the ruts. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I'm I'm from Hawaii. I'm like Carlsbad. You know, <laughs> I'm not used to all these forty ruts and a jump. You yeah. know, and just never really. Got comfortable with that. Were you, do you feel like you were a little bit more of an outdoor guy than Supercross too? Because looking at your yeah, results, you I were on the so. po on the podium a lot outdoors. I think so, and then Supercross, yeah. you were top tens for sure. Yeah. But it seemed like you liked outdoors a little better. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think a lot of it too is like we didn't, you know, you didn't like get to you ride we it. didn't get to train. Yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't get to learn, you know. So you came out and got a third at the first national at Hangtown. Yeah. Um, who? I think it was kind of, I think it was a little muddy that time, but in 82. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, remember. podium at your first 250 <laughs> national. It. Yeah. I mean, do you remember? I don't, it, it wasn't like the big hoopla now. It's like, I, I really don't remember going up there. You know, they don't, they don't sit everybody up there and give you the trophy, hold it up for the camera. It's like, it's like, well, you got to go get your check. Yeah. Go, go, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. Go get your check and yeah. get out of yeah. here. I mean, you look at this now, you kind of go, damn, look at me go. I mean, you are podiuming 250 Nationals. Yeah. That's I a mean, big deal, man. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. It's pretty and that's, good. that's probably why I went to Suzuki after that. They were like, you know, because I was still friends with Tosh. And he, I always liked Tosh. He liked me, you know. So he always, you know, I yeah. think he got, yeah, I had something there. Yeah. So. Um, so throughout 82, anything else you remember from that? Like you were third at Hangtown, third at Saddleback. Um, like I said, supercrosses were a little up and down. You had yeah. a sixth at Pontiac, nineteenth the next night at Pontiac. I do look at some of the results of like this, and I look at 
there a lot of guys were really inconsistent you know yeah. brock all of us you know johnny o you look back oh you got a third here and then he's like 10th it's like what happened it doesn't seem like that happens though i don't know i wonder if that has to do with the tracks or because they were so different you know you'd have yeah. one track every track was totally different yeah yeah very very different i wonder if that's a part of the reason i, I don't know why but you're right. It does seem like there was more inconsistency. You know, I was going to ask you yeah. this: What is CDR Tech Track? I've seen this before. Where is that? Is that? Colorado? I don't know. Or um, yeah, I don't know. That's just where it says on the uh, on the result sheet, and I'm like, I don't know what the Tech Track is. I think that I'm was, sure someone will. I think that was Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah. Before Thunder Valley, where they're at now. Yeah. Okay. I think it was it Lakewood. I think yeah. Anyway. Um, pretty dang good season like very very solid seemed like you're on the box a handful of times you're you're inside yeah, the top consistent. 10 most of the time you know i was like you know i was fast you know consistent but just needed to get a little more gas <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i got gotcha. you so tell me about um you, you obviously adjusted well to the 250 um how'd you get back on suzuki for 83 like what happened? Uh, I don't remember the exact situation, but I ended up, yeah, you know, I talked to Tosh and, and stuff like that, and they wanted, you know, outdoor rider. So I was like, cool. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's I always me. like Suzuki, you know? <laughs> You're kind of uh, always looking for a reason to go back. Though, yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah. Well, and I think um, this seems like 83 was maybe your best season ever. Yeah. Would you sure. say so? Yeah. Okay. The uh, bike was just like, pretty insane you know super fast you know like this was the worst horse a lot yeah and uh you know bailey was in there too so it was yeah, that was tough and and hannah um but i would hole shot a lot rj was in there too um and the bike was just really good you know great mechanic um who was your the handling there? was a I mean, I don't know we're all, I don't know if I was such a good tester I probably could have been a better tester mm -hmm. um, to get the bike dialed in and Steve Paulus was my mechanic okay good guy and what number were you that year sixteen okay yeah. what year were you eight for ninety the next year okay so yeah so that e four okay yeah. That, was that your favorite bike. favorite number? Yeah, that's yeah. why I kept. It's my lowest number, so I just kept it. You know? It's a cool number. Yeah, yeah. So <clears> this <throat> this eighty three season, um, you had five second place finishes, all yeah. outdoors, um, eleven top fives, and you were second in that series to David Bailey. Yeah, that's pretty damn good, that especially when you're cool. talking about you got Hannah and RJ in that class yeah. as well as among yeah. other guys, uh, Billy Lyles. Yeah. But, it was it was tough. I mean, it was like, you know, honestly, I don't remember when they switched the from thirty to forty five. I mean, forty five to thirty. Hmm. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that was forty plus two. <laughs> yeah. So it was gnarly, you know, every weekend. And uh, I came so close. That I actually won a, a moto in Gainesville, um, and then the second moto I crashed. That track was like pretty sketchy, you know. It was Super like, sketchy. Back then it was real sketchy you know rocks here you know uh, sand here hard here yeah and i i ended up crashing and i ripped off my uh, fingernail mm. and it was so painful it was like i i, I just like i i, I dnf because i just like i was done after that yeah so, so you did win a moto just never got yeah, the overall no 
I, as I was going through, I hit 83 and I went, man, I can't believe he's never won a national. Like I was so close. All these <laughs> second places. Washougal, I was, I almost had it. Uh, I think I got a third maybe. And I think I was winning the last moto and then RJ like got me at the end and I was like, God damn it. You know, and I always <laughs> did pretty good at Washougal. Yeah. So I was like, God damn it. But does, does that, uh, that close, you know, does it bug you at all? Like, does that ever eat at you that you never got the win? It would have been nice, but no, not really. It doesn't yeah. eat at me or anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I'm pretty humble. I just, you know, I was just stoked to race in that time and, you yeah. know, be up there and, and do what I did, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think you gotta, you know, there's no point in beating yourself up over it. Now I do it all the time. Still. I'm like, dang yeah. it. If I'd have just done this, I could have won that championship yeah. and, ugh. But it's like, you know what? You always think, you know, what if I, you know, what if I got a ride on Honda or what if I, you know, I don't yeah. know. At the end of the day, like you said, look back, very, very few guys get to this level where they're finishing second yeah. in a 250 outdoor title chase yeah. behind David Bailey. Yeah. Man, that's really, like really. one of the best riders, in my opinion, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> technically. just There's no question. The, it's just... No question. Um what do you remember from that 83? Anything stand out from that 83 season for you? Not much. Just being, being so close. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I, I was wearing, I was wearing O'Neill gear then. And in my contract, it was like, I had a pretty good contract. And it was like, I think I got like two grand or something per race if I got, I think it was like three or five if I got first, you know. So it was okay. like five races in a row. So I made like 10 grand. I was like, that's pretty cool. You're killing Jim's it. probably pissed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he probably was. Um, so what happened at the end of that year? Uh, 83. So, and then... Uh, Suzuki kept yeah, you, they, I would assume. Yeah, and then they said, we're not doing the works bikes this year. And uh, so we rode the production bikes. Everyone else was still kind of on the works bikes, which kind of sucked. Um, and... <laughs> I looked, uh, not too long ago, I looked back at Anaheim 1, and I'm like, I didn't even remember. It was like, I led the main for like four or five laps, you know? And I was like... In 84? Oh, yeah. Okay. Go back and look I'll at have it. To go I, was, I surprised myself. I'm like, holy shit. I got the whole shot, and I'm like leading for like five laps, and then finally I just like... Yeah, I ended up getting like fifth or sixth. I just I got so pumped, you know. I yeah. think I got arm pumped, and I just like, you know... Sometimes it's hard to hold shot and lead. I, I had that hard. happen at Anaheim one year. And I, I you got was, the crowd, you got, you know, yeah, you just kind of pump you, up, you know, and, and, and I, Anaheim one, it's always like kind of a pressure thing. You know, yeah. you want to do good, show everyone that you're, you know, yeah. you're it. Yeah. Um, so how was that bike compared to your previous year's bike? Quite a bit off. Quite a bit off. Yeah. That's so a bummer when you we go were backwards. just struggling, you know, just like, you know, swapping. So suspension was probably the biggest thing. Mm. Like, um, you know, I could rip some hole shots on that thing. You know, it was pretty fast, but the suspension just wasn't quite there. You know, yeah. I know Barnett struggled with it a lot. Um, it wasn't a good progression, you know. And then think about that time I I had a few of my broken collarbones, you know, because you, mm. you'd go in the whoops and it would just like bottom and then spring you up. Just, <laughs> you know, there was no awesome. progression. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, and your results weren't feeling. terrible, but you look at 84 yeah. compared to 83. It was definitely, 
yeah, the wrong direction. Yeah, right? The bike was definitely not quite as good. <laughs> Still got a third at Talladega. <clears throat> yeah, what, there, what, there, what there was, was an that asterisk like? on that one because at the time there was like there was kind of a dispute on the who was running the races, and they had a oh. thing called InSport and in, in something else. So a few of the teams like protested. I think um, I forget. I think Honda didn't come. Okay, maybe Yamaha or. I don't, I don't admit, I think it was just those two. Did it count for so, points or no? I think they got the points. I'm not totally sure, but yeah, I yeah remember that was my only pulley. So. Yeah. <laughs> You'll take that it. One, yeah. Was it inside the speedway? No, it was outside. Oh, okay. okay. Or, well, yeah, inside the speed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think they've ever been back there that I no. know. Great. It was a pretty cool venue, I thought. Um, all right. So anything to stand out from that season? Anything else? Not, well, yeah, I I went to I did some overseas races after I, I went to uh, Bordeaux, uh, France. They somehow I I don't know you know some big race in Bordeaux, France, and um, I think Danny Laporte there, um, like the Team Tam guys. It was mm. AJ King and um, someone else. And was Lyles? Did he ride for uh, them? No, I'm no. Trying to think of who was on Team Tam? No. I remember that. And then uh, so I ended up winning that race. So. That was like my only Supercross run, technically. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And this so that was the bad. era when guys were getting pretty good money to go over there. Yeah. Did you do a lot of racing? Know, uh, not a ton, but you know, I got to go to Italy and Belgium, and you know, obviously Bercy. Um, yeah. That was fun. I didn't do a lot like you know some of the other guys. You know. Yeah. I didn't get the huge money. <laughs> But, did you ever do anything weird like the, one of those hard crosses or beach no, race I, or anything? I did like a that? beach race in Holland. Me and uh, Bayer went in like 1986, and it was like they had this motocross race out on the beach sand, which was like, Deep. this is freaking awful. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Holland, you know. And uh, we, I think we both did like really crappy. And I have, <laughs> I have some pictures. Um, but right after the race, they just like mowed it down. They had a concert there, and it was like it was like some band like Gold Earring or something like big, you know. <laughs> it, it was it's so gnarly. And then me and Bayer just like you know we'd hit the you know Heineken bar after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, did, they, did they let you ride paddles or no? No, Couldn't that would have been good. There, yeah, I'd it like was, to it see. It was that. awful. It was like bad weather, you know, just oh, yeah. beach sand. Like I hate the sand. <laughs> Well, when it's that bottomless no. Dutch sand, yeah. you know, it's crazy. Okay, so 84, um, this bike's not great. Kind of a rough season. What does Suzuki say at the uh, at the end of the year? So <laughs> I don't know if, you know, I don't know what happened, but I don't know if it's a budget thing or, you know, maybe, you know, Barnett told him to take a leap. <laughs> we need works bikes, you know. Uh, but we had works bikes next the next year. Okay, so they were pretty good. Um, you know, once again, like the handling, a little bit off. You know, not the best turning things. You know, it's like the, so they didn't handle well. They didn't wall. turn well, but they, they, they were fast. <laughs> they were like, fast. I ripped a lot of hole shots. All right. <laughs> yeah, and you never rode five hundreds. No, never liked them. Just I had uh, when I rode for Yamaha, they gave me a four sixty five just for like training and stuff like that. So I just I. That's about all I, hmm. you know, I don't know if it was them or me, you know, I, I was never really a 500 guy, you know, but yeah, I, I just curious why, if, if there was a reason, um, 
I always wanted to ride that super bikers, which I never got to ride, and uh, that looked pretty cool. It so did look I cool. Get, yeah, you never did I it, wanted huh? to do that, yeah. Uh, all right, so take me into 85. Um, back on Suzuki, you got works yeah. bikes back, feeling, feeling better mechanic, about that. My friend, my friend Ray, you might know him, Ray Tetherton. Tetherton? Buzzard. Buzzard was Buzzard. your guy? Oh, man. Buzzard. So uh, long story short, it's like he was working at a shop in Poway, and uh, somehow I I said uh, the parts truck guy came up the job, and then somehow I got him the job, and then eventually he, he kind of worked his way up, and then he's my mechanic in in '85. Yeah, he became a team manager and yeah. was team manager yeah. for years in the '90s. So he lived at my house and stuff, and we we actually grew up together riding and stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah, buzzard. So it was kind of cool. That's funny. Uh, so take take me through that year. How did it go? Um, results wise, decent. Lots of six, four, fifth, yeah, six. Pretty you decent. Know. You know, the bike was it was pretty good. You know, not, not bad, but a lot of a lot of competition. You're racing. <laughs> I was just gonna say, eighty five man, Wardy, RJ, Dogger. Yeah, like you're you're yeah, racing yeah. against some pretty heavy yeah. hitters, Bailey. Um, any any good Dogger stories? Speaking of Dogger, you grew up around him. None down that there. I could. Uh, None yeah, for in here. Yeah, I yeah. got you. No, actually, you know, to back up, um, when I first started riding at Verona, he was kind of, you know, a little bit younger. And then Dick, uh, they started racing at Verona. You know, we get to know, you know, camping and stuff. And yeah. so we, we all became good friends. And, you know, I'd go over to their house and spend the night and whatever, do whatever. And um, so after that, we, you know, we, we kind of graduated out of Verona. And, and then... Uh, um, his his dad was on the board of the CMMC too, so my dad was the president. He was on the board, so okay, got to know Dick pretty good, and seemed like a good guy. It was awesome guy. Yeah, he just passed recently too. Yeah, I, yeah. bummer for Ronnie, but Last um, year. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so what was what was Ronnie like as a kid? Pretty mellow, just pretty was... pretty normal. You know, okay. just kind of you know, uh, you know, prank. Kind of just normal kid. Yeah, yeah, normal kid. Just normal kid, yeah. So he didn't start yeah. getting loose till high school. No, a little, no, little no. Later. That was like yeah. 16 or 15, yeah, yeah. 16, yeah. <laughs> Discovered different things, you know. <laughs> well, I keep trying to get him to come on, and he's like, yeah, we'll see. I don't know, you know. I can tell he's hesitant. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, mm -hmm. lean into it. Um, all right, so what about the following year? Let's go Let's go to 86. Um, and I want to... I want to talk about it. So you're on Yamaha again. Yeah. Um, and what happened? Why did why Yamaha? What happened at Suzuki? Um, they needed a 125 guy. So I was like, and then, you know, Brock was pretty close with him too. And yeah. I don't know how much influence he had, but, you know, it's like we got this opening. And, you know, I was kind of looking a little bit to get it back on the 125. And um, so we worked out a deal for that for 86. And I rode 125. And the... 250 supercross okay yeah and so bike was pretty good were you happy with it yeah pretty decent uh the 250 was better than the 125 okay yeah okay so <laughs> so i bought a 1986 yz125 found it <laughs> yeah. found it in texas yeah. long story but i'm in the process of rebuilding it right now uh mitch has the motor and he pulled That's out it. a spec i got the suspension sitting right here 
Remember I Bones told you, did it. I told you to ask the guys at Yamaha. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and Mitch <laughs> said he has. He pulled out and found the notes of yeah. the spec for it. He goes, oh, oh, yeah, I'll build it. I, you know, he goes, I, I think it was pretty good. He said, you and uh, Bowen. maybe Bowen yeah. were the two guys on it. Mm -hmm. And Bones, he goes, oh, yeah, we plugged the little, remember the little weird device they had on the brake yeah. that oh, attached to the oh, rear the, shock? The bass? Yeah. Yeah, he goes, oh, bass. we just plugged that. We shut that thing yeah. off. <laughs> I don't know if that was on the... Uh, yeah, I, I know you're saying now. Yeah, that just they probably plugged that off. Yeah, it used to drop the back end when you hit the thing, so it wouldn't you know kick up. Yeah, the idea was actually yeah, not bad. Interesting. They had some you know innovative. You know, they had the little boost bottle. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, and, and the the this there was a line. If you're not familiar with this, there's a line attached to the rear brake pedal. So when you'd push down on the rear brake pedal, there it, was a, something in the shock. That it, yeah. it drops the it dropped the like the compression. I think it would open up the compression yeah, valving so maybe softer, so it so would it squat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't buck you and kick right. in at turns. And actually, like in theory, yeah. you're like that's yeah. a pretty good idea. Yeah. Uh, and the just rear didn't turn so good after that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, the floating uh, rear brake, you know, the what they call yeah. that stabilizing arm back there, yeah. so that the the bike wouldn't bind when you'd brake. I think that's still a good idea. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have that still. Yeah. Uh, I know it would get hung up in ruts. That's probably what they're worried about. But that, you know, from a, a, a physics standpoint, still makes sense. There was a lot of stuff that they came out with that, you know, ended up breaking a lot. Like, yeah. kind of like that. You yeah. Know, it's like, whoops. Yeah. You know. I live and learn. <laughs> so what am I getting into? Is this bike really slow? Your 86YZ125? It wasn't my favorite bike <laughs> that way. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. We, Keep my know, expectations low. We started out the Golden State and we, you know, I think with Huron or something like that. And, and it was like, man, this thing is freaking pretty slow, uh, you know? And that's when the 87 hot, you know, or 86 Honda, those things were. Those 86 gnarly. Hondas were. Cowies, Suzuki's were all really good. Mm -hmm. So we struggled, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I think we could have done better on the motor, but. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'll let you know. Maybe I'll invite you out to come ride it. I want to ride it though to see. All right. We'll have you out when we do when we do a test on it. Uh we're kind of at a standstill now, but once Mitch has the motor back for, for us, it's gonna go together, I think, pretty quickly. So take me through that year. Uh and well, let's start with this. <laughs> because uh Anaheim. Anaheim 86. I yeah, this is obviously the the Bailey RJ battle yeah. that everyone always talks about, but and I didn't remember this. Some somebody said some, there was an interview and they're asking you about it about how Rick took you out and I'm like I don't remember that let me go back and watch it so I went back and yeah. watched it yeah. and you whole shot yeah and it was like the second turn coming yeah. into the second turn <clears throat> and it was really weird because kind of soft RJ's yeah. on the inside of you and it looks like there's no reason for you guys to come together but all of a sudden you come together and. And I asked Rick about it because he was on here doing riders meeting with me earlier this week. And I said, hey, what happened in that thing with Burnworth? I said, I, I, it was really weird looking. He goes, I don't know, our lines, he goes, we landed off that thing. And he goes, we kind of came together. I and, came, and I knew we were uh, going to lock bars. He goes, so I, I put my shoulder out so I didn't lock bars with him. Yeah. And it just blew him up. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a little bit different, I think. But well, what's I, your... What I, my take is um, I got the whole shot and I was like, you know, kind of picking my line and I went out here and he was going like way, in my opinion, just going pretty fast. Like yeah. he wasn't gonna, yeah, he wasn't gonna turn real quick. But you, you know? guys hit so, before you even got to the corner. Yeah, so it's like right. I think right in there, I was gonna kind of pivot it to because there was like a, uh, I think a, 
a triple or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you had to get way over here. So I kind of veered out a little bit and then he just like, you know, took mm -hmm. my wheel out and I'm like, I have a great picture somewhere. I've lost it. It was, I'm literally like kind of in the air, Cheryl. My half of my face is in the dirt. It's like, yeah, you were pinned was, under the bike. You were freaking pissed. Yeah, yeah I, I can like, imagine. I was pissed. And you won your heat race that night. Like you were yeah, riding well. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, outside of Anaheim '86, which didn't go well for you. Yeah. How was the rest of the year? I think I had some pretty good finishes. That bike was pretty decent and, uh, you know, n no wins or anything, but, um, not, not bad, you know, um, uh, could always get better. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you had some decent, you know, top fives. You got a fifth in, in, in Dallas that year in 250 Supercross, sixth in Pontiac, seventh in San Diego, fifth at high, well, that was a 125, but fifth at high point, you know, you ran some good, you had good finishes, yeah. fourth, fourth at Redbud, fourth at Axton. Yeah, you know, like on that 125, you know, usually I, I did a lot of hole, I had a lot of hole shots. You did? But on the 125, I, I didn't. Oh, no hole shots on no, the 125. Oh, not too many. Damn it. <laughs> so right. I'm trying. I, I always looked at all the pictures back there. I'm like buried, you know, and, <laughs> you know, me and Bader, Bader uh, Manet was actually riding the same. He was, I think he was like Yamaha support or something. So, okay. We're always like buried back there in like fifth, sixth, you know, yeah. whatever. But, all right, well, got it. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll pick it back up with 87. You made a big change and headed to Europe, and I, and I didn't know this, so I'm anxious to learn about it. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back with more Burner here. Uh, this is your Troyley Designs timeout, so stick around. There's a new product on the market that's going to help you with your riding and racing, and it's Elevate Action Sports. If you've not yet gone and checked it out at elevateactionsports.com, it's a collective of riding coaches, the likes of which has never been put together. Grant Langston, Ryan Hughes, Jeff Emick, Johnny Campbell, and myself, David Pingree, bringing all of our years of experience in professional racing to one place with professionally produced videos and all kinds of supporting staff to help you with your mental side of racing, your physical side, your bike setup, your bike maintenance. We cover it all. Get to Elevate Action Sports right now and join the community. There's a reason every AMA championship in the past decade was won on Dunlop tires. They are the best. Choose the best performing tire and a brand that has never wavered in their support of our sport. Choose Dunlop. Pro Circuit. Pro Circuit products are designed with one goal in mind, winning. Through passion and hard work, Pro Circuit has operated the most successful 250 team in the history of the sport. They use that same formula when developing exhaust, engine, and suspension parts for every brand. When only the highest level of performance is acceptable, trust Pro Circuit. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats.
Something from nothing. That's what Nihilo Concepts is about. It starts with a spark, an idea, a concept, which leads to a design and finishes with engineered excellence with the highest quality products created with durability in mind. All our products are made in the USA at our state-of-the-art facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you are a weekend warrior, ride for fun, or at the highest level of competition, Nihilo Concepts offers innovative titanium, aluminum, and carbon fiber parts for your dirt bike. We offer a wide variety of products that you can customize to your liking. Browse our site for foot pegs, brake tips, engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, lever grips, carbon fiber components, motor stands, our secondary on-switch plus much more. Head to NihiloConcepts.com and see for yourself why factory teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs Gas Gas, Orange Brigade, Club MX, KLM Gas Gas, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. Specialized Bicycles. Specialized leads the way in the world of bicycling. Whether it's cross-country racing, downhill, e-bikes, enduro, road, gravel, dual slalom, dirt jumping, or all mountain bikes that do it all, Specialized has the perfect ride for you. The brand is synonymous with engineering excellence and innovation that steers the industry. Visit your local Specialized dealer for a test ride and see just how good Specialized products are. With a rich history in motocross, ProX has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. Whether you're rebuilding an engine or just need a new chain, ProX Racing Parts aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. ProX has over 9,000 part numbers and over 60 different product types that are manufactured by highly reputable or even OEM suppliers and are offered at affordable prices to help keep riders on the bike instead of in the garage. Visit ProX.com to search parts for your bike or check them out at your favorite online or local dealer. Audio jump. The guys are just breaking in their race bikes, which will leave on the semi this Saturday to go to the first Supercross for our coast in Orlando. Uh, so the guys are just be goofing off a little bit, do some cool photos, do some cool videos. When you go racing, you want to do well, but a big key is keeping the bikes on the track. That's why we chose to work with Motul. Expectations coming in as a rookie is just to try and get my feet wet and uh, honestly just send it, see where I end up and uh, do my best out there, but just ride aggressive and ride like myself in practice and I uh, should have a good time. Challenges of this sport, I believe, is just simply staying healthy. Uh, with how fast we're going um, and what we're doing, your margin for mistake is really, really small. Stay sick. If you have little rippers, then you have had to have seen Stay Sick Bikes by now. We have created bike and experiences that allow kids to develop sooner and empower them to find their own ride. From learning to ride to sharpening skills, the Stay Sick promise is accelerated growth. Whatever path your family chooses, it's going to be the ride of your life. Stay Sick Stability Cycles. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, hey, hey. 
I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. All right, welcome back. That was your Troy Lee Designs timeout. If you guys have not been over to TroyLeeDesigns.com, get over and check it out. The new GP Pro gear line is all out. Uh, we did a, a photo shoot out at Beaumont. Really fun day with Jeremy McGrath and Cole Seeley. Um, kind of showing off all this new stuff. And um, really, it's it's super affordable stuff. It's not their very highest end, but uh, the materials are the same. The design is cool. Typical TLD design looking stuff. And they've really thought about everything for just sort of the casual rider. It's got a little... A pocket that fits an iPhone perfectly in your pant and or if you're putting keys or just whatever you can have in there but this gear is really the kind of the do-it-all stuff and uh, super affordable very very cool looking so check it out Troy Designs has all kinds of rad stuff going on uh, all right Berner getting back to you here um, I didn't know that you went to Europe at all um, I, I don't I was pretty young when that happened but you weren't born yet no I was I was <laughs> I was you know 12 or 13 yeah. but you know, TV coverage sucked. Yeah. Basic media coverage sucked of our sport back then. Oh, you much. had to wait for weeks and weeks yeah. for cycle, cycle news. news and yeah. I wasn't really following Grand Prix stuff <clears throat> yeah. uh, too much. So tell me about this. End of 86, you know, you're coming off some good seasons here. You're you're on the top five in, in nationals. You're, you know, winning heat races at Supercrosses. Like, why Europe? Why, what Did you not have any so, decent offers here? Yeah, so I didn't have, yeah, I did have any offers. Um you know, no agent. So yeah, <laughs> did, you know, but, um, actually my old friend of mine, uh, he, he works for a construction company now, but he was, he's kind of a, you know, smart guy, whatever. I went to school together. It's like, I'm, I'm going to make my own team, you know, this, like there wasn't huge. then. it was like, not, not nowadays, you know, it's like, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to try to put a couple guys together, you know, get some money, you know, get a couple bikes and, you know, see what we can do, you know, and okay. put together like these, you know, Xerox, you know, nice little books and stuff yeah. and set them out and all this stuff. But I didn't end up getting anything for that. So I, I bought a bike, uh, went down to like the Honda shop, bought a bike, uh, 87 CR250, like one of the best bikes yeah. ever pretty first much. time you'd ever ridden a honda yeah i yeah. wasn't not a honda guy but um and then i had called mitch you know and he said oh yeah you know bring it up we'll dial it in for you you know they did everything like the motor and the suspension and everything and uh it was a really good bike i it just it was the only bike that i had so i didn't like want to go wreck it yeah. practicing it you know it looked, yeah. like so nice and everything so I didn't have a lot of time on it. Didn't get real comfortable, so I sh I went to Anaheim um, on my own and showed up. And uh, I was number twenty. I still I still have the helmet, the Troy Troy lead paint. It's okay. pretty cool, yeah. But um, uh, so I show up in Anaheim. Just didn't feel comfortable. The bike was really fast and everything. It's just like I didn't feel comfortable yeah. on it. I didn't make the main, you know. So it was like that was it. And then. I don't know how I got hooked up, but there's two uh, two guys from Spain. They came up. I, I don't remember after the race or something like that. And uh, they said, hey, we're looking for a guy to come over and race the Spanish National Championships. They were the um, KTM and Porter. Okay. Uh, they're just out of uh, Barcelona. Okay. And, um, and I'm like, you know, uh, I met with them like the next day, like at a hotel in San Diego. And 
you know, the one guy didn't speak English. So there's this younger guy, uh, you know, kind of translating and stuff. And, you know, so we worked out a deal. It was, you know, it's not a lot of money or anything, but I was like, you know, I, I got nothing else to do. I'm like, you know. Yeah. Young. How many rounds was the Spanish series? Um, I don't I don't remember. It was probably, you know, 10 races or something like it. But the, the bummer about it was that I couldn't get any points, so I couldn't win the championship. So they just wanted, you know. Oh. They just run to race wins and in in that so okay um that so kind of takes the pressure off. yeah so i i ended up going over there and uh and i got an apartment they got me apartment and everything and the, i mean it was like you know this is old school cobblestones you yeah. know i'm like you know go up the stairs in this little apartment it's like all concrete and it was nice nice fixed up and everything and uh and you, you know, weren't little, married at the time, so you're single, right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, by yourself. Yeah, I had my still had my house, you know, in in El Cajon, and um, I think I, I think my brother might have been living there. There, <laughs> I don't know, or my friends, um, but uh, yeah, I stayed over there, and uh, you know, there was no internet nothing like that i would every now and again i'd like get on the on the phone it's like you know yeah <laughs> try to call home and it was all you know nine nine hours difference or whatever and it was like you know i get a little homesick you know and uh yeah because you don't it was know fun you, it you was don't really know fun either. really fun you know good for the culture you know the food you know i liked spain a lot i'd like to go back there again um you know i the one of the the guy that was a friend of the, the importer, like in this, it's a little town, like about um, 40 minutes from inland of uh, Bar Barcelona um, called Manresa. And um, his dad was like a big construction guy in the, in the town. So okay. like lots of money, you know, so they actually own like a big discotheque, which is like a big, huge club in yeah. the thing. Just, like what's this place doing this little town you know this yeah. town is like probably i don't know thirty thousand people or I, I don't know what it is but it's hard to say but so we could go to the club you know we go in there <laughs> you got your little thing with your they're into whiskey over there you know, like your bottle and all this stuff so okay. at like you know three in the morning or something well, it's like i can't do this bro <laughs> you know yeah i gotta go to bed you know so that's um funny. So we, I got to travel around Spain, you know, going to different races and, uh, that was really cool. You know, there was only, you know, a couple fast guys, like really fast guys as Elias, which is Tony Elias is, uh, the guy that races now his dad's brother. <laughs> he was the fast guy. He was like, guy. yeah. Uh, Jordi Elias and Pablo Colomina. He was like the number one, like, you know, Honda guy, you okay. know, he was like. So those were the fast guys. <clears throat> and um, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was like relaxed, you know. I had my little, uh, <laughs> I had a little like Ford Fiesta, this old thing. And like during the week, I would just like take off. And like Andorra was not too far away. It's like, you know, it's like a country. It's like 20, 25 miles square. And oh, it's wow. super cool. They do a lot of, the Tour de France goes there and whatever. Okay. I don't know. So I just cruised around the Fiesta, you know, you know, all around there. There's a place called Montserrat. Yeah. I used to, um, I actually bought a bike over there, like cycling. I was into cycling, so I, I really dig it. Okay. Um, so I'd go on rides by myself and just, you know, just having a good time. Did you get to ride and, and train? And yeah, stuff I'd like practice that? like, 
you know, I, I don't know, maybe three times a week or something. Okay. Um, down the road, they had a little practice track and I would take, you know, they'd take the van down there and I'd just, you know, do yeah. some laps. And A lot know. of times but, for guys that go over there, that's one of the hardest parts is, is everything is scheduled. It's not like, well, here's a, here's a truck, go ride when you want to go ride. It's like, okay, you're going to ride Tuesday at this time yeah. and here, be here. You know what I mean? No, this was super loose. It super was just loose. like, you know. I don't even think they would care if I rode or not, you right, know, but right. I was just like, and you were riding uh, a KTM, right? Yeah. So how was that? This was back. Yeah. Old KTM. That was before KTMs were cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a pretty decent bike. I did pretty good. I felt pretty comfortable on it. Uh, the handling was pretty good. And then uh, a couple of times we went over to, to the factory in, in Austria and they kind of, uh, dial dial it in, give us some parts, test some parts, and here and there, not a lot, not a lot, just yeah. pipes and whatever ignitions and carburetors yeah. and stuff like that, and suspension. Did you ever do any GPS? I did um, a couple times. I think I went to San Marino, which is in like uh, uh, by Italy or whatever. Okay. I, I think San Marino, um, and then uh, we went to Belgium and then Portugal. So I went to like maybe three okay and this so, was a 250 you were riding yeah 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 okay. so this was like you know 250 gp yeah i did okay in like portugal i got like a ninth or something maybe in one motor i, I don't i don't know if i crashed or something the other one but okay i did okay you know for the bike and stuff and 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 what it was it was like you know i had this spanish mechanic that didn't speak english <laughs> just little dude <laughs> you just like what you know he's like you couldn't tell what I wanted to do, you know. It's like soften the compression. Yeah. It was ah. a lot of this, and, yeah. you know. No, this, ah, that's yeah. tough. It was hard. The mechanic, yeah. at least, man. I mean, pit boards, nothing. All he could do is no. give you lap time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, forget about it. Wow, that's tough. <laughs> Gasolina, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was an adventure. Yeah, it kind of. The worst seems one like was it. like going from because you know we're down in Spain and we had to go to Belgium and drive in this little Avico little van. Mm. You know, it was kind of like kind of like you know driving the vans now, but a little bit bigger. You know, yeah. but the thing went probably max, you know, fifty miles an hour. You Ugh. know, it's super small motor. And so from and Spain where you were to Belgium is pretty what? far. It's fifteen. I don't, I don't even hours? know hours. Yeah, yeah, it's hours, and it's not like driving here fifteen hours. It's like, you know, it's just especially in that. I'm well, like and back freezing. then, every border you crossed, it's like the whole papers. Yeah, and the... passport. You got to, you know, with the bikes, you got to paper for the bikes and all this stuff. And it's like this guy didn't speak English, and I'm like, holy god, you know, it's like the weather <laughs> sucks. And I get to Belgium, you know, my worst stand, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like in tears on the line. You know, I'm just like, I got to get out of here. Was it you know? the, the it Belgian was race bad. was deep sand? Yeah, it was, it was sand. I, I don't even, I don't even guess what I got. I was just yeah. like, I'm so miserable. I was like, I got to get out well, of here. Well, it's different sand too. It's like deep, deep, yeah, soft sand. Super big whoops. And, mm. you know, yeah. So ready for that. After that little stint, you were like, I got, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, so the plan was um, I was going to stay, you know, I was going to go home for a while, take a break, you know. I think there was a break in the schedule or something. I don't know. But 
I had that Honda still, and they were doing those Mickey Thompson races. So I oh, go, okay. oh, do that one at the Coliseum. So <clears throat> my buddy came up. He was like my mechanic. And uh, so I was racing that. And then in one of the races, they had this super long straightaway. And it had like one kicker like right in the middle, you know. And I was freaking hauling down this thing. And I just hit that thing. And I don't know what happened, but I just freaking looped out just lost it and i I tumble and like just tweak my hip really bad and i go that's fucking it dude i'm done (laughs) i'm done with this stuff because oh that was the moment that was the moment i'm Mm -hmm. like i i'm not you know i'm done i'm yeah that's it you know so So it was like a moment of clarity as you're laying there with a sore hip so i had to tell them that you know i'm not coming back you know so Mm. Um, we had a good party though when I was, uh, if you want to back up. Yeah. Oh, over there in Spain when you left? <laughs> yeah. So when I was leaving there, they kind of gave me a little party, you know? And uh, so there were kind of, uh, there was a club near there, but like really cool. It was like kind of out in the mountains and stuff. And that's a big thing there, like the big clubs, oh, you yeah. know? They'd go there at like, you know, one, two in the morning, just all night, you know? Yeah. And I think they had rented out this place and it had a restaurant and all this stuff. And they, they picked this all, they got a bus, like a big bus, this old bus. And it was all the friends of, you know, these people, the importer and my friend and, you know, you know, younger people. And, and I'm like, we're going up to Brooks. It's called, it was called Brooks or whatever. And, uh, we're going to have a, you know, just a party going away kind of thing, you know? And, uh, so one thing led to another, you know, a lot of drinking and stuff. And that someone started like doing a food fight in the, Oh no. And all of a sudden it was like wine on the freaking walls. It was like food everywhere. Everyone, everyone was all dressed up. Like they like to get dressed up there. Like we had like white shirts on, you know, everyone was just thrash. You know, it was food everywhere. Oh, no. And it was gnarly. It was such a good time. It was so funny. I'll never forget that. But <laughs> and neither will remember, the club owner. Like club the owner. day after or something like that, this guy's family was a construction. And they literally had to go up, up there and redo the whole room. Like, you know, sand the walls, paint it, carpet, everything. Because we ruined it. Destroyed it. <laughs> it was gnarly. <laughs> Well, you left yeah. Spain with a bang. Yeah. So So after you got hurt, then you, you obviously didn't go back where they... Yeah. Actually, Craig Canoy went over there. Oh, is that right? took my place, pretty okay. much. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Huh. Um, all right. So you got home and did that LA race and that was it. Um, did you have any... You know, was it hard to make that call to... You were done, Not or you, really? It I was, was kind of like that's it. I was kind of burned out, you know. I was really burned out, and then you know, being over there, really homesick and stuff like that. And I was just like, I'm done, you know. I'm just not having fun, you yeah. Know? Not, no ride, it's, yeah. It's like I'm not gonna go out there and kill myself. Yeah, nothing, you know. So what was your next step? Was it jet pilot? Is that what you did? So after? yeah, back up a little ways. My friends uh, Eric Baker and um, Phil Johnson, which I kind of grew up with racing and stuff like that, and. uh they had kind of got this idea going of making jet, jet ski apparel. And um, Phil had gone over to Bear Sea with me one year to, to kind of be my mechanic, you know, because we, we went over there. I, and uh, it wasn't, you know, you just take care of the bike and stuff like that. 
the bike was like pretty shit though. It was like it was <laughs> the one they gave me. It was looked like they drug it behind a boat or something. Oh really? I don't know. It was bad. Anyway, so we we went and have fun and everything, and um, so over there they call the riders pilots, and mm-hmm. we always hey and we started talking about this jet ski and everyone's wearing football jerseys and just janky apparel like yeah. racing the jet skis you know and like why not you know make some cool like racing wetsuits you know colors you know yeah. <laughs> that's a new concept you yeah. know wetsuits a matching jacket stuff that matches and it's like that's kind of how it went and then at that time when i was at spain he's like he's all dude you gotta come back here just you know you know let's get this going you know like quit the race and you're done you know yeah yeah. and i'm like you know i was like yeah 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 you know so so you guys kind of had the concept yeah we had the concept they they had kind of started getting it going you know get an office like starting all the just from scratch you know making samples and and all this stuff the wetsuits and so i came back and so that's when i kind of started you know working there i'd go up there like uh i think i was doing like three days a week because it was like a carlsbad and i would come up and hmm. you know it was so small it was just like three of us in an office you know <laughs> yeah. it's like oh we got some orders you know ship them out or you know and i was always into the art you know yeah i was doing art so you got into graphic design after or at a point that yeah and I'm, i was curious how were you always yeah. artistic? You could draw or you could... I wasn't that big of like talented artist, but I, I was always pretty good with like concepts and, you know, and, you know, graphic design and just, I was always interested. Yeah. I was bought in books. And funny thing is when I rode for Yamaha um, and I rode for Hallman, uh, Thor, um, Jim, which is still there now, he's just about ready to retire, I think, but... I would like just go by there, you know, because I was always interested and I go back and Jim's there with it, you know, everything was done by hand then. Yeah. And it was like, you know, he's sketching up, you know, these new you know, jerseys or whatever. And I, I was like just interested in it. So I was, I'd hang out for a while, you know, check it out mm. and just. That's kind of how I got into it. Did you ever give him any feedback like, hey, well, what about this and this or these colors? No, not know? back then because because I was just like, oh, man, Jim, Jim's a shit. You know, yeah. it's like. What's Jim's know? last name? Gallagher. Jim Gallagher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, yeah. he has been there forever. Yeah. Long time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So uh, what were you doing at Jet Pilot? Like, what was your just role? whatever. It was just whatever. like. Uh, we need some boxes shipped. Uh, we need, you know, yeah. and I was always into the art. So it was like kind of on the side when I had time, I, you know, we, we do up these, you know, blanks and, you know, do colorways or ideas or, yeah. you know, just concept yeah. of, cause they were both from the surf side. And, um, so there was in, uh, into the wetsuits and everything. And, uh, uh actually O'Neill's wetsuits started making some of the first ones. So, hmm. Yeah. That's okay. pretty interesting. Yeah, and that was a time we kind of chatted off camera about it. Like stand-up jet skis and jet ski racing were pretty big. Yeah. There was a series, you know, yeah. multiple series that went on and a lot of people had them, you know. Um, and then I guess it would have been, was it late 90s-ish when the sit-downs yeah. came out? And then it yeah. just... Yeah, you talk that, about killing an industry. Yeah, that that was when you know they started bringing like the big rigs in and all that. Before that was all box fans, yeah. just like motocross, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, they brought all that. And it just it just killed it, you know. And they, 
you know, they started paying guys a lot of money then, and and then it, the stand-ups just like died, and it's just like such a bummer because it was such a cold time. We had, yeah, you know, we had, I don't know, maybe four or five like top guys, like you know, all decked out, kind yeah. of like now, like you did motocross, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, the marketing and everything. Yeah, it was neat back then. They were doing cool stuff for the stand-up racing, and just once it went to sit-downs, it it was like kind of lost the whole idea yeah it just really lost its identity it was too bad plus that you know to buy a a a big two-seater was like i don't know how much it was but just like whoa yeah it was a lot like eight grand you know seven eight grand at the time which was a lot of money um so then you went from jet pilot to doing your own graphics design company yeah kind of at the same time you know i just you know if someone some other company did something i would start doing you know i did ads and catalogs and um got into photography did a lot of photography um so that's kind of how that got started so i was I always had that kind of going you know and i i'm still doing it today so yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome do you are do you actually take work if people are looking for design yeah. work I yeah know. i might I hit really you up have, i need some uh, stuff yeah, done no problem <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's how i um when I was kind of, I think I was kind of ending that jet pilot and I had always talked to Dick, you know, and he's all, Hey, we need some help over here. You know, I'm like, okay. You know, I think I started working there like three days a week. I got, and, um, so I just worked with Dick and one other guy and I did all like the ads and whatever I needed to need labels and hmm. stuff like that. And hmm. yeah, worked there. Yeah. You were there for quite a while. Yeah. Huh? So I, I worked there for maybe I don't know, maybe it was like five years. And then uh, my buddy that started Jet Pilot, one of the guys, got a job down at JT, the JT, like oh. paintball, but paintball. He's all, hey, you know, they were, paintball was blowing up then. It was like, you know, they were, they had a lot of money. Yeah. It was a big company that owned it and they had a lot of money. He's like, you know, do you want to come down here for like, you know, two days a week for this? I'm like, uh yeah <laughs> good money huh yeah, yeah for like two days a week and was like i couldn't pass it up so and there were some kind of some changes at maxima where i think dick was gonna he was gonna try to he was talking about moving maxima to arizona you know where he was planned to go or yeah know, well so and then a lot a of people were like i don't know about this and so that was the same time and i'm like well yeah I'll go do time the to get out paintball thing for a while um and so did you ever take any art classes or it was just something that sort of no, you I, played around <laughs> with it and you were It's funny I I actually went to college for one day. <laughs> Cuz I'm like maybe I should go to college and you know you know just get the basis of yeah. learning, you know, learning what it is and you know, all that. And I went for like a day, I signed up and after one day I was just like no. I don't think so. <laughs> I couldn't do it. So all of it after kid. that was just like pretty much I I taught myself from the beginning, you know, before there was computers doing it. We had to do, you know, ads, with film and, you know, all the artwork on the for the silk screens was all, you know, films. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how it is now. But still, but um, it was kind of good to learn that, you know, yeah. all by hand because it it took you instead of doing ad and two hours it took you a freaking week yeah you had to send it out do all these films and proofs and you know it was cutting <laughs> and so everything's 
done on the computer now, right? Like yeah. CAD stuff, right? Yeah. Have you adapted and changed over to that where you can do all that on a computer? Uh, or do you still do a lot of your stuff by hand? No, I don't do any. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do it all on computer. Okay. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like what you can do now in, in a day compared to, I don't know, you know, yeah. you do a catalog yeah. in a week if you wanted to now. It's like take you four months or something, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, good that you learned it the hard way, though. You appreciate yeah. that. Computers help. Um, so I wanted to ask just like how, how <clears throat> closely you watch all the racing now. I follow it pretty closely. I, I, I got the Peacock app and uh, I, I watch every Supercross and, and the outdoors and stuff. And not all when it's happening sometimes, but for a way or something. And yeah, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. You, you know? still follow it close. Okay. I don't agree with a lot of stuff they do, but <laughs> you know, just some of the super cross tracks, it's just like, I don't know, man, it's just too many obstacles. You yeah. know, it's like they're, the writers are just like keyed in on like, I got to clear these 14, you know, rhythm and then to the, this and that, you know, it's just like, it kind of yeah. takes the, the outdoors of it outdoors, motocross out of it a little bit you know yeah. where it's not a, you could have a flat corner and you could outbreak somebody here and do this and that it's just all about timing and hitting those things and i don't know it's pretty gnarly yeah i mean i i, I hear what you're saying and i i kind of agree with you it would be nice for them to mix it up you know yeah, but, I, because so they're back, back when ricky was racing i think a few races they did some old school stuff where they had like some flat corners and yeah just the I think that would be really cool. I would just I like to see them. All of the guys um, <clears throat> practice on these. They'll they'll pick one of the track maps from the season, and that's their test track. And yeah. all of the obstacles that the guys build, they obviously build them much better. You know, we talked about how square the faces used to be, and just everything was nothing was structured. Now it's like okay, this jump is shaped like this. These are the angles. It's this high exactly. Here's the spacing between everything. Yep. Those guys can go out and they know, okay, this is this lane. Yeah. I've hit this a thousand times in practice and just right through it the first time, right? But I'd like to see them build something real steep, real weird, something yeah. flat landing. Uh, make kind a, like the old, you know, before I was racing Supercross, it was Mike Goodwin. So they would just throw, it was more like a circus act, you know? They'd yeah. have water crossings. Uh, they would go up in the stands, you yeah. know, um, just weird stuff. I mean, it was kind of hokey, but it was like, that was freaking entertainment. You yeah. Know? I, I can't get behind the water crossing, but uh, <laughs> I know I, that's not good. <laughs> not good. But for no, boots. I agree with you though. Like just mix it up, do something weird. So these guys are like, I love it when I hear them go, yeah, I just, I just can't get into a flow. It's yeah, I'm fighting. It's like, that's what the track builder should be trying to do. Yeah. You know, we don't want you into this rhythm where you can just turn your brain off and float around the track. That's motocross. Like we want you to, we want to create some challenges so that guys are having to think to get through it. Uh, So I I think we're on the same page with that, but you're right. Probably won't change. It's going to change. It's a, it's no different than the circus for those guys. They're just there to put on a show and whatever. Um, What do you think next for you, man? What, what do you got on the horizon? Is there anything you want to do in this sport that you haven't yet? in this industry not per se i mean just promote promoting my vintage races and kind of doing more on that mm-hmm. you know i i do that um carlsbad mx reunion i i've probably done about 
eight or 10 of those. And it's just a gathering, you know, it's just like, you know, if you used to race there, kind of hang out and, you know, all the memories and drink some beer and talk about motocross and, you know, bike show and stuff. And that's pretty fun. I've always wanted to come down, but I feel like maybe I like, I'm kind of a little too young for the crowd. Like I did get to race at Carlsbad, but never a national or anything. You know, I did the commotion by the ocean. You remember those? Yeah. Um, some, some golden States and stuff, but I don't know. It seems like a fun time. Yeah. And it's sad yeah, uh, to see what that thing. GL and, and, uh, and, and his dad come down a lot cause they, he's, he's all into bringing the bikes, yeah. you know, and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. He and his dad are into that vintage stuff pretty good. Yeah. Tell me about the vintage series that you're doing the races because you've, yeah, you've been a, growing this thing and, and it's been over like 10 years now. It's, uh, it's called the SoCal vintage motocross, uh, vintage motocross classic. And, um, I kind of started just to do like a big fun, you know, vintage race on its own, not part of a club or anything like that. And it's called it evolved. Um, and it's, it's, it's been popular and, uh, it's, it's just fun for me to do, you know, I can still race and, you yeah. know, um, I actually need to race sometimes cause I get so stressed out. So I need to go out of the track and blow yeah. some seams. Yeah. It's good therapy. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, are you guys going to adopt? There's this new 200 class that's yeah, kind of growing. That. Yeah. Uh, that I think is interesting. It's 200 four strokes, right? Is yeah, that 200 four strokes? We have a class now, but it's not, I know you're talking about it's like uh, uh, Wharton's doing it. He's yeah. been kind of, I've been going back and forth with him. He's like, oh, you got to get one of these. And I'm like, they look really fun. Looks super. Because I have a 150, a CRF 150. Uh, uh, and it's a 175, a BBR kit and all oh, that okay. stuff. It's not the same thing, but it's kind of, you know, yeah. it's similar. And, and so uh, the idea is to take like an XR 200 and then. Yeah. Modify, modify it. Put the suspension. Is there other stuff. brands that you can ride that make I those? don't, I don't, okay. I'm not that so much into it, okay. but, uh, I know they're getting into it. It looks kind of fun because they're not super fast where you can, you yeah, know, scare yourself. Well, and I think, you know, kind of goes back to what you're talking about with supercross track designs. It, it doesn't matter what you're riding or how fast you're going. Yeah. If everyone's on kind of even equipment and even field, yeah, it's, fun. it's fun. It's fun for the riders. You can have good racing. Well, um, a couple of years back, uh, Marty Tripes got this idea to make the 100cc thing, 100cc works revenge or something. So yeah. it was like, you know, we're bringing back the, the I don't know, the works bikes or something, but um, it, it got pretty big at first. It was like, we had like 30, I don't know, 30, 40 guys on the line, yeah. you know? And, uh, and then uh, Bayer and Dubok and all this started racing. It was like, oh shit, it's getting serious now, you know? Yeah. So I saw some video funny. at Diamond Dawn's event, maybe. Yeah. And Dr. D yeah. was just panning oh, yeah. it. I'm like, oh man. He, he clocked me out pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I tackled him though. So did you? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, uh, everything's fair in uh, vintage racing. Well, that's the thing that these vintage events to me, um, it, it goes, it's like that old school vibe again, right? Where yeah. somebody's bike breaks, you're like, Oh, everybody's jumping in to try to help. Yeah. Or, Hey, I got this that might work. Exactly. I don't know. It's a, it's more of a community. That's than, what I like about it. It's like, you know, it's 50% race. It's 50% yeah. hanging, out hanging out and have fun, you know, just, and just yeah. being around the the bikes and you know it's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have a website for that? Uh, yeah. Uh, or so how can people look at more? Mostly on fa- just Facebook and, and Instagram. SoCal Vintage MX Classic. Okay. Yeah. Hit yeah, me. That's up. cool. I need to try to get always looking for sponsors. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. I got Anybody? a lot of good sponsors though. Um, 
so tell me, um, tell me about your family life. You got two young daughters. Well, yeah, I guess they're not that young anymore. How old are they? No, 20, uh, 27, 28. Oh man, they're not young at all. No, okay. So no, no. give me some advice. Cause I got 15 and 16 <laughs> year old daughters um, and I'm in it pretty hard right now. Like they're yeah. asshole teenagers. Yeah. I <laughs> tell me it gets better. I've got to admit that my daughters were like the angels of really. I, I would just blow. I mean, I don't know how it happened. They're you know? saints. I don't. Maybe that's why you like maybe, the saints. I don't know, but you know, Debbie's parents are real. Uh, They're influential with them, and uh, you know, we were good parents too. But uh, they just—I don't know. I couldn't make them do anything wrong is that you right know, it's like they get home they're do their homework you know didn't have to say anything you know uh they didn't like when they got older they weren't you know going out to parties every friday night that i know of but <laughs> <laughs> no but they never got in trouble it yeah. was just like oh my god this is this is good kids are easy so you're an asshole thank you kids um well okay you're gonna be no help to me then because uh <laughs> Yeah, mine have been a little bit difficult lately. Um, you guys been married a long time though, too, huh? Yeah. How long? It'll be thirty-two years this year. Good for you, man. We've been together for thirty-six. So pretty cool. That's rare. I got a, I got a nice, nice wife. She's yeah. She's awesome. She helps me do everything with the races. You know. Yeah. Very helpful with the girls and just into. Oh, she's into. She likes. She actually likes watching Supercross more than I do, I think. Is that you know, right? She's like, you know, we're going to watch the Supercross or let's go to Anaheim or, you know. And uh, she works for Hilton, so we get the sweet deals on the rims and stuff. So we're like, oh, yeah, let's go to Anaheim, whatever, do a couple of year, you know. Hmm. Never travel anywhere for Supercross, but no. what always watching, though. So you guys, what do you do for a family as a family for fun. I mean, obviously you like going to the races. Does she like football too? She, Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're like big saints fans. Not so much like the last year or so they're, they kind of are sucking a little bit, <laughs> but we've went to New Orleans a couple of times, just, you know, go to the game and yeah. it's just, you know, the food and stuff and, you know, just hanging out now. There's just pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're out of the house. My, my one daughter's a teacher in Vegas. And then the other one is, uh, she does digital marketing for a company called, uh, Roadrunner Sports. Okay. Yeah. So they're doing really well. It's gotta be nice to have your kids grown and out of the house and successful, yeah. right? Like, oh, it's nice. That's it's, a, it's really nice. It's really, you don't, you're like, what are we going to do tonight? You know, it's whatever like, we want, yeah, whatever yeah. we want, but it, but it's, uh, I imagine that's a good feeling. Like we it did our is. jobs. We, we created two successful humans and they're off. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, they don't get in any trouble. Or, yeah. you, know. you still worry about them a lot? Oh yeah. yeah. I always, yeah. yeah. Are they married? No. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> oh man. That's the other it's thing okay I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm worried about my girls bringing home somebody and I'm just like, no, yeah. not this yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, it is um, hard. It is hard. Yeah. They're doing pretty good, you know, so I'm not complaining too much. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, congrats. Sounds like you, um, whether you're, you knew you did something right or not, you did. I know. <laughs> it sounds pretty like you got a good deal going. Yeah. Well, our, our last question we ask everybody on here is kind of how you want to be remembered in the sport. Um, sort of your legacy question. And, you know, we get all kinds of answers. What do you think I, about that? I just want to be 
known as a, a respected, you know, racer in my time and, you know, did my best. <laughs> it wasn't quite the best, you know, that I wanted, but I, I was very lucky to, to grow up in that era, you know, I mm -hmm. think. Um, the 80s, the, the music, the bikes, <laughs> whatever. I agree. You know, yeah, you're like, right. I got to ride the the works bikes you know i find you know i i really value that you know just being able to um be around those bikes and and seeing them and just like holy shit i i get a racist bike it's like yeah. f1 car or something you know yeah and uh that was pretty i wish i would have kept one if i could but they crush them <laughs> yeah at least the ones that i <laughs> ones you rode yeah. yeah that was a neat era man that you were a part of and the guys you got to race with and, you know, I think a lot of us can say that in any era. Like, I get to race with Ricky and James yeah. and Wyndham. You're that's... lucky, but you're not. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's the same thing with me. It's like I had, there were so many fast guys. It was just like, pff, yeah, it was tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess everybody will look back and go, oh, wow, that's cool. You're so lucky you got to be around that era. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah, unless you like to win, and then it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. um, well, thanks so no much regrets, for coming though, on, man. You know, no. Like I, I had an awesome time. It's like, a, you know, beat a job, you know? <laughs> yeah, beat uh, digging holes or, yeah. you know. I'll look, man, I'll just say this. And it's interesting anytime I do one of these shows and I dive into somebody's results and look through their career really closely. And it's like, I knew you were like a legit guy back then, but I'm looking through the going, oh man, he was second, like a lot and third, a lot. You were on the box with... Yeah legends yeah right like this you should be really proud you know i, I, I some guys are like oh no i think i suck i never yeah. won a championship or this <laughs> and i beat myself up that way too but it's yeah. like man you had an impressive career i don't i don't yeah i don't i don't beat up myself i you know obviously it would have been nice to win but you know it's like I, doesn't I, matter I have, now though right? i have fun now you know like yeah i win a vintage race that feels good <laughs> <You know? laughs> i might take them out take it out on people now but I, yeah that's, well hey thanks yeah, so much for yeah, coming on Werner. so oh, fun sitting down with awesome, you yeah we appreciate, appreciate it. it yeah uh well, hey that is that's our story today uh scott burnworth hell of a guy i hope you guys enjoyed it stick around we're gonna be right back to wrap up the show i wanna be bad with you girl like we're robbing Hey guys, uh, welcome back, and I want to thank Scott Burnworth for taking the time to come in today. Uh, I appreciate these folks taking some time out of their day to come in and go through their story, and man, I'm sure you can see just like I did, this kid, he's got some incredible results, raced through a really cool era of the sport, and um, just got a real cool, humble attitude about it. Um, obviously a great family, he's done a good job with making that transition post-racing, so uh, I'm stoked for him. If you're into vintage racing, have a peek at the series he's doing. Lots of fun. Uh, very laid back. Very cool. Uh, and I want to just encourage you guys, if you are uh, trying to improve, looking to improve your riding, become a safer rider, better rider, uh, go over to ElevateActionSports.com and just have a peek at what we're doing there. Myself, Grant Langston, Ryan Hughes, Jeff Emig, Johnny Campbell, and a host of other coaches uh, in the mechanic realm, training realm, uh, suspension you know, we've got guys, very highly qualified uh, coaches set up to really encompass everything that has to do with riding and racing. 
make you a better rider, safer rider. So check that out. Uh, it's a really cool community we're building over there. Uh, so uh, thanks for doing that. Thanks for always supporting the show. And uh, we've got great ones coming up. So stay tuned. We'll see you next time. The Whiskey Throttle Show is brought to you by Yamaha. Join the Blue Crew today and take advantage of all that Yamaha has to offer, including amateur racing trackside support, awesome Yamaha contingency, Jason Rain's demos and instructional classes, and frankly, the most high-performing motorcycles available on the market today. Whether you're looking for a four-stroke, a two-stroke, a side-by-side, a quad, a boat, a generator, Yamaha prides themselves on absolute top-level quality and reliability. Rev your heart with Yamaha and join the Blue Crew today. Method Race Wheels, bringing you the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off-road for your truck, van, sprinter, UTV, or SUV. They've been dominating the Baja 500 and 1000 and every major off-road event around the world for years with high quality and performance. They also look amazing. They come in a bunch of different styles and colors for your rig, so check them out. You can get 20% off a set of wheels using our code Whiskey Throttle. No capitals, no spaces. 20% off using our code. Check them out. Troy Lee Designs is the leader in off-road motocross apparel and style. So whether you're looking for a cool new paint job for your helmet, maybe your name and number on your helmet lettered on, you're looking for new gear, you're looking for mountain bike gear, off-road gear, they've got the brand new Scout line and GP and SE models. Troy Lee Designs has it all. They've been leading this industry for decades, and they're going to continue to do it. Check out TroyLeeDesigns.com. SKDA is a moto graphics and seat covers company with several offices based around the globe. For too long, bikes and graphics have all looked the same. They just start to blend together. SKDA is working to change that. With super clean and unique design work, a bike with SKDA graphics stands out in a crowd and adds a touch of art to the world of moto. Hey, we need that. SKDA prides itself on providing premium customer service both before and after the sale is made. Visit SKDA online to view the current product range and get in touch with their team to get your bike refreshed. I want to just make a, a mention here that these guys, not only is their design way outside the box, very, very cool. They'll work with you on custom things. The, the products are incredible, okay? They'll speak for themselves. But what's really awesome, and you'll notice this the minute you order one of these, man, they give you an email saying, hey, the product's been shipped. Uh, hey, the product is here. It landed in this spot. Hey, it's coming today. Hey, your product's been delivered. They, they're just so good about staying in touch with you and letting you know where it's at. Customer service is 100%, and uh, that's just something that's rare these days. Check out SKDA. Here at the Whiskey Throttle Show, we're all about supporting brands that support our sport. And there's one tire company that has never walked away from the sport of motocross and supercross, and it's Dunlop. When times got tough and the economy took a crash, Dunlop stepped up and stayed with our sport to support it and the athletes and individuals that love it. Their MX-53 line and MX-33 lines absolutely dominate this sport. Every national championship at the pro level has been won in the last decade, and nearly every single amateur national championship at Loretta Lynn's has been won on a Dunlop. So if you're looking for high performance, you're looking for amazing quality, and you're looking to support a brand that never turns its back on our sport, there's only one choice for you, and it's Dunlop. Pro Circuit is the leader in aftermarket performance and quality. Whether you're looking for a little more horsepower out of your engine, some quality hard parts to improve the way your bike feels and looks, better handling through suspension or linkage or linkage arms, Pro Circuit is where you need to stop. It's your one-stop shop. You can go in there and get everything you need to make your motorcycle go from average to exceptional. Pro Circuit's got enough number one plates on their wall to side an entire home, and there's a reason for that. They're very, very good at what they do. Uh, the highest quality products, 
with one goal in mind, and that's winning. Check out ProCircuit.com. Nihilo Concepts is leading the way in aftermarket hard parts. With their secondary on-switch device, something that was much needed in this sport, they've been innovating and bringing new products to market. Their latest is the new Nihilo Run-Cool Brake Pistons. They're designed to be stronger than stock and provide exceptional cooling performance with less brake drag. Most OEM caliper pistons are made from aluminum that just can't hold up to the heat and extreme demands of serious racing. When they get hot, the aluminum will distort, causing loss of hydraulic pressure and brake failure. Nihilo's run-cool pistons limit the area that boiling hot hydraulic fluid is able to come in contact with the piston, leaving two-thirds of the piston volume in open air with breather holes to enhance the cooling ability. It's made of a proprietary stainless blend, which is better at dissipating heat. You have issues with brake fade or brake failure, check out Nihilo Concepts among their many amazing hard parts and carbon fiber parts and titanium. NihiloConcepts.com. Seat Concepts is the leader in motorcycle saddles. If you're looking for a new cover or a new seat entirely, Seat Concepts is the place to go. They make custom seat foams catered to your height, weight, riding ability, riding type. They also have waterproof covers and, and foams that will not break down if you ride in a lot of inclement weather. And they pride themselves on being much more comfortable than OEM or any other aftermarket company. If you're looking for a new seat or a new cover, Seat Concepts, there's nothing better. Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the Polaris RZR 800s, Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the... If you've got a little Grom that's looking to get started in the motorcycle world, the best way to get them going is on a Stasic bike. They've got multiple sizes, so from your very young Groms to those who are a little more grown up, you can start them safely. They've got controls that allow you to control the speed so he can't get going too quick. They can touch the ground. There's not a lot of noise to distract them. It's the perfect way to get your child involved in motorcycling at a very young age. And if you've got a kid who's already out ripping, there's series popping up all over. For those of you in Southern California, go to www.ameminicross.com and join their local series. If you're outside of this state, contact your local track and ask them about starting a Stasic class at your local track. Get over to Stasic.com and check out all they've got going on. Motul USA, uh, we, we lean hard on these lubricants to keep us uh, on the track and on the trail. And Motul has proven their quality over and over, uh, most recently with their Dakar win with Ricky Brabeck. Uh, they're sponsoring Supercross teams. They're diving into our sport again, full full throttle, and uh, we're stoked to have them on board. Amazing products, top to bottom. Motul USA, go check them out. And finally, last but not least, Specialized Bicycles. If you are in the market to start pedaling, this is where you want to start. Uh, they've got great entry-level bikes all the way up to the Cadillac, the new Levo, um, 
e-bike, uh, any, anything in between, man. It doesn't matter what kind of riding you're doing. Go check out and start with Specialized. Don't waste your time on something that's going to break. The derailleur's not going to shift after a couple months. Get something quality. Uh, these guys make it. Specialized leads that industry. Thanks for watching and listening to the Whiskey Throttle Show. Be sure to like and subscribe to get notified when new shows go up. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And visit whiskeythrottlemedia.com for additional content.